0: Another edition of Swoop's World on the new Top Story Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Swoops World Late Night, Wednesday, January 7, 2015, first show of the new year. How's it going, Peter? It's going all right. Looking forward to a big, big, big night tonight. We have uh, Bob Whelan in, in the house, as well as Isaac Ruiz, and of course, uh, we'll be we doing our Brewskis Beer Taste at 9 o'clock. Anthony Davis will be calling in, talking some, uh, some sports stuff, uh, as always, and uh, we got T-Bones time out, and plenty, plenty more. But uh, our first two guests are, are going to be uh, amazing, some real inspirational stuff there, and Stuff that uh, we, I think, our listeners are going to like to hear. Uh, yeah. How's your week been,
2: man. Uh, it's been good, you know. Kids are back in school; that's a big plus. That's yeah. always a big plus. <laughs> uh, but otherwise, just getting back into the in the routine, the rhythm, you know, new year. Still hasn't quite sunk in. I keep writing 14 on my checks, <laughs>
0: <laughs> But it'll get there. It'll get there. How about you? Uh, see, I don't have to write 14 because all I do is use that ATM. Yeah. So uh, it just prints it out for me. Right? <laughs> uh, uh, but, uh, no, so, so far so good. Nice, uh, nice start to the new year. And, and uh, that's, you know, just been about it, man. You know, kind of Felt a little on the weather today, but we'll see how it goes. Other than that, all good.
2: All good. That's good. Good.
0: Cool. Let's take our first break and, and get back and, and uh, introduce our guests and get this show rolling. What do you say? Sounds good. You're listening to Swoops Row on the Talk Story Star, <laughs> Radio Network. This here is It's Okay. They'll be in studio with us next week, and we'll be back after this.
3: kind, a universe within your mind, I mean before, beyond the door, transcending space and time, this world will boast, no mysteries, no questions of infinity, no stone unturned, no great surprise, to see just
0: Our guests today, Bob Whelan and Isaac Ruiz, and uh, they both have some remarkable stories, and and uh, we, we want to get as much as we can out. So we're going we first of all just say hi, guys, and thanks for thanks for coming in. Great our good pleasure. Good
4: yeah, our pleasure.
0: Uh, real quick, uh, you know, we're going to have to get Isaac to come back on the show because he's uh, he's got plenty to talk about too, and Bob's got a huge story. But just just real quick with Isaac, uh, and you guys have been friends for a lot of years. But m- most of you probably remember Isaac. He played Mondo on Chico and the Man. You did a lot of you did a lot of different things, but. Yes. Uh, when it comes to you on the man how did you get that gig you got two days <laughs> 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 I,
1: I tried out for the lead role and uh, I tried out for the lead role in 1973 the show started in 74 uh-huh. and out of about 200 guys I came in second to the lead role to Freddie Prince so NBC wanted me to be on the show you know whether even after Freddie uh Got, got the, the lead role, you know, and uh, we had a runoff and uh, went to Toronto, Canada to do a, we did a, a, a live uh, show with Jack Albertson. Mm-hmm. He was doing a show with Sam Levine, you know, in Toronto, Canada at the Royal Alexandria Theater. Mm-hmm. But they sent us out there so we could do a, a, a test with him. And uh, Freddie, overall, he, he got the part. But NBC said NBC said, we like Isaac. And we won him on the show, and I became Freddie Prinze's best friend, Mando. Nice,
0: nice, nice. Um, did you know Freddie prior to, the, prior to the show?
1: No, I didn't. I met him during the process of the interviews, uh-huh. you know, and uh, and we became the best of friends. And uh, I, in fact, I was his best friend off the show, and many people didn't know it because uh, I just told Freddie, you know, it's I didn't get involved in the Hollywood circles like Freddie did. Right. You know, Freddie bought Hollywood. Lock, stock, and barrel, and it cost him his life. Yeah. But I was with Freddie five hours before he shot himself. Wow. And it was uh, very, very devastating. Yeah. And, uh, but I stayed, remained friends with his mother for the rest of her years till she was 94 years old when yeah. she passed away a couple of years ago. And uh, I was, she lived in Puerto Rico, moved back to Puerto Rico. And anyway, the bottom line was uh, there's a lot to that, but at another time, we can. Uh, come back and talk about that but but tonight my main man roberto <laughs> santiago
0: <laughs> well yeah you and you and bob have known each other since uh 72, since
4: 72 1972 right?
0: 72, right well let's 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 talk to bob here man uh, you have a remarkable story bob uh you know you you were a medic in the any
4: army combat medic yes sir
0: and what happened
4: well, uh, I was serving with uh, the 25th Infantry Division. Our assignment every single day was to go out and look for trouble. And I was always amazed at how successful <laughs> we were at finding it. Man. Consistent, right? Ambar- ambush patrols in the morning, search and destroy missions in the afternoon, some more patrols that night on June 14th, 1969. Our immediate commanding officers came up with a brilliant idea because a place called the Hobo Woods had the reputation of being one of the three most dangerous areas in the entire country of Vietnam. Their idea turned the place into a parking lot. Well, it sounded pretty cool until we went into the Hobo Woods and we ended up getting ambushed by the enemy. And the next thing I know, all my partners were getting shot up and killed and I had to make a real quick and serious decision. You know, which way would you run? And I could have ran in the opposite direction for safety. But, uh, in fact, there's a Bible verse that touches my heart. It's in the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 13. It says, greater love has no man than this, that a man be willing to lay down his life for his friends. And Those, of course, are all my friends. Yeah. So I told my partners, I said, I'm going up to help. And as I was running up to assist, uh, I stepped on and detonated an 82-millimeter mortar a Powerful explosive, booby-trapped in the ground. Of course, I couldn't see it. And People say, well, how powerful. They could put a tank out of commission, kill people up to it, including a 30-yard radius. And I was a little closer than 30 yards. I was standing on it.
0: You know, when, when <laughs> we watch movies and, and people step on those on, on landmines, they hear a little click. And then they kind of freeze and I think about it. And I know that's all for dramatic effect. Right. Uh, any of that? Any of that at no, all? No, <laughs> no,
4: because there was too much going on. And guys were yelling and screaming for help, so I tried to get up there as quick as I could. And so I didn't see it, didn't hear it, because, again, the enemy did a very good job of camouflaging all these booby traps. And uh, I hit that booby trap, and my legs went flying in one direction, my life went flying in another. They put me inside of a body bag, zipped it up, uh, I got flown to the twelfth evacuation hospital in Cu Chi, Vietnam. And interestingly enough two doctors pronounced me dead on arrival. Mm. And I say the reason I share that story with you is it'll tell you people can make mistakes
1: mm-hmm. but
4: uh, uh God <laughs> gave god 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 gave me a second chance and uh it's only by the grace of God that I'm here today. I've had a great, great life, and uh, part of my great, great life was meeting my partner here, Isaac Ruiz, in uh, 1972 uh, when I uh, wanted to enroll at California State University at Los Angeles, and he was the veterans counselor there and really assisted me big time. But the, the challenge was... Uh, I went to the uh, administration in, in physical education and I said, I'd like to enroll here. And they said, Well, would that be English or geography? I said, No, physical education. The guy said, Could you please repeat that? I said, Physical education. Now, of course, the viewing audience cannot personally see me. I mean, I'll describe my situation. When I said I had both legs blown off, they're pretty doggone close to being blown off up to the hip region. So I. I took a pretty hard hit, so when I told them physical education, they said, one more time, could you please repeat that? I said, yeah. Well, uh, sir, they said, we don't know how to tell you this. This was 1972. He said, unfortunately, we don't have any elevators. The building is not accessible at all. All of the classes are on the second floor, and there's 27 steps. I said, well, that won't be a problem, and the guy goes, could you please repeat that? I said, that won't be a problem. He's looking at the steps. He's looking at me. He's looking at the steps. He's looking at me. He said, hey, just out of curiosity, he said, how how are you going to do this? So I jumped out of my manual wheelchair at the time. I grabbed it. Oh, and I threw it up 27 steps. I grabbed the railing. I was at the top of the steps in 4.210 seconds. He said, sir, you can major in anything you want to. (laughs) But I share that story because, as we all know in our society today, there's so many preconceived ideas. People are trying to ju- – they don't even know what you're capable of doing. Right. And it was like I told people I'd like to try this. And they said, oh, oh no, you can't do that. You don't have any legs. You're in a wheelchair. I said, well, well, what if I try that? No way, man. You don't have any legs. You're in a wheelchair. I said, well, could I at the very least try this? And they said, man, that will never work. You don't have any legs. You're in a wheelchair. So all the doctors told me I couldn't do it. And son of a gun, I forgot to listen and went out and did it anyhow. So.
0: Well, you know, it, uh, you were a, you were a baseball prospect before you went yes, to the Yes, I was. Yes, was yes. Was Philadelphia Phillies oh, yeah. was one of the teams. Yes. Yeah. So you you were you've been athletic for most of your life. Uh, yes. So that yeah. wasn't going to slow you down. No, it, it was Once you were no, back uh, no. ready to, to get to work, huh? Yeah.
4: Well, <laughs> interestingly, uh, I was six one, approximately two hundred five pounds, and. Uh, you see those signs on the telephone pools, lose weight now, ask me how? (laughs) No, don't do the mortar round round. Don't do the mortar round. But I lost 100 and something pounds in one one one-thousandth of a second and and actually dropped to 87 pounds. So that when I uh, regained consciousness in the hospital, I said, I better start setting some goals here. My first goal was to sit up in bed. And I was so weak I was unable to do it. And uh, I told the doc, hey, don't be so concerned, doc. I said, you know what? One day I really believe by faith I'm going to go on and break the world record in the bench press. I'll probably do it against able-bodied individuals. They go, oh, my God. Vietnam has really affected his (laughs) mind. Can't sit up. Telling someone you're going to break a world record. Next thing I know, they got an appointment for me to see the psychiatrist. And so I'll never forget, I always say I walked, I mean, I rolled into the psychiatrist's office, talked to the guy about 25, 30, 30, 35 minutes before I was able to get him straightened out, yeah, because he had some hang-ups, you know. (laughs) But uh, it's all, again, about your attitude. You know, you can say, we will win, you can say, we will lose. Who's correct? Both people. And my attitude was I was to expect to win. The oh, no. Question I
0: have is uh, you know the, the positive attitude is definitely you know carries a long way. Yeah, we've met several people over the years, and, and we have a good friend on the show, uh, Angela Matson, who's a, a former military. Uh, oh, yes, I know. I
4: know her. her. She you know, rode rode a uh, boat right. across, the rode the ocean, yeah. across the
0: ocean. Across the ocean. and uh, you know has the same type of attitude. And I wonder is you know the question I have is, are are you born with that attitude, or people? with that attitude attracted to the military because uh, a lot of people I find that have that attitude after having some type of traumatic thing yes, happen to them yeah. have been in the military is, oh, it, uh, is it is it there a, a I, correlation there? I, I,
4: I'm not even sure if there's a correlation but I, I've always been pretty aggressive all my life and uh, trying to be a top athlete when I had legs so when I got injured I just look back at uh, all of the coaches that used to kick my butt, and I said, man, this has got to be easier than than going through some of those practices. And I I just, again, took it one step at a time. I I started with five pounds. I couldn't even lift five pounds, but five led to 10 and 10 led to 15. And eight years later, I'm encouraged to enter the uh, United States quote-unquote powerlifting championships against the strongest able-bodied people in the world. And people say, did you say able-bodied? I said, yeah, that's what I said, because I said I didn't realize I was disabled until my neighbor mentioned it to me one day. I was in the backyard, and I was pushing the wheelchair with one arm and the lawnmower with the other. I'm going wheelchair, lawnmower, wheelchair, lawnmower. My neighbor leaned over the fence and said, hey, Bob! Man, he said, you shouldn't be cutting the lawn. You're handicapped. I said, well, buddy, you better tell that to my wife because she said if I don't get the lawn cut, I'm going to be in a whole lot of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I had a very, very serious wife. She recently has passed away about three months ago, but oh, wow. Isaac knew my lovely, lovely wife. In fact, she was in the entertainment industry herself. She was on the old, a regular on the old Rowan and Martin laugh television show. So uh, we hooked up, and we were married 38 years, but she was a very, very serious lady. But when I told that to my neighbor he didn't know what to say so. but anyhow i did enter the competition and uh, at that time i i i trimmed down i was but a body weight of 122 pounds i was able to Bench press back then in uh, 1977, 303 pounds. At that body weight, it was an official world record. And then at a little heavier body weight, as I, well, I'm not sure if you would said it in the introduction, I was able to mm-hmm. bench press 507 pounds. And like I tell people, if you don't know how heavy 507 pounds is, while you're listening to the show, if you want to take a break, go in your kitchen, have somebody set your refrigerator on your chest <laughs> and let me know what happens. <laughs> and then you'll have a slight idea but. Uh, Isaac was there, and, you know, it wasn't without controversy because I had been the first double amputee to take on all the able-bodied athletes. And they go, oh, my God, the dude with no legs just defeated everybody <laughs> in the world. <laughs> and the judges are scurrying around. What do we do? What do we do? And this one series of judges, hey, wait a second. Here in the rule book on page 32, paragraph 3, sentence 2, and I'm saying sentence two, sentence two, because I thought I kind of remembered sentence one, but but two, two was a little hazy. See, and it said, if a man enters competition, breaks a world's record, and he's not wearing shoes, he must be disqualified. Oh my God! Son of good. a gun! Wouldn't you know it? That was the day I forgot to wear my kicks, but uh, <laughs> it all worked out, and we got some tremendous publicity, and uh, that's actually what started me on the. Uh, Motivational speaking tour because uh, the L.A. Times must have did a five-column story on me, and I, I went to my mailbox at the university because I did end up getting my uh, uh, bachelor's and master's degree in physical education, and then I had a secondary interest in exercise physiology. And they read the story and said, hey, can you come here? Can you go there? Can you do this? Can you do that? And it's been a very, very enjoyable career. And I'm so happy that my friend Isaac and I, we've had a chance to do a number of programs together. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's its quite a quite an impact, quite an impact. So.
0: Well, you know, there's, yeah, there's just so much that you've done. We want to kind of touch on and see how you, how you got to those points. Um, but I understand there was a time where you were working for the Packers, mm-hmm.
4: the Green Bay Packers. Yes, sir. Aren't, aren't they playing this weekend? Yeah, they I think that, this weekend. <laughs> they're still in the running for that Super Bowl. And yeah, it was uh, actually again another miracle. God did another miracle in my life. It was a desire in my heart to coach in the National Football League. So I looked at the previous 100 years in the National Football League of how many double amputees had coached in the NFL, and at that time there was a grand total of zero. So you see, the circumstances would say no way. Yeah. But I always, I've always, i tried to, to the best of my ability, I trip and I stumble along the way. But I, I use this little statement, learn how to walk by faith and not by sight. People say, well, what does that mean? It means you learn how to believe it before you see it. Yeah. But you see, in America, usually you go, well, you know what, buddy? I'll believe it when I see it. I said, well, big deal. Anybody can do that. What about (laughs) believing it? (laughs) Yeah, that's easy. What about believing it before you see it? And so uh, a door opened up and made a way, and... uh, you know, I was able to be brought on as the head strength, strength and flexibility coach for the Green Bay Packers for a couple of years back in uh, 1989 and 1990. But I still keep in touch with some of the ball players, and uh, it, it just you know a couple of the ball players called me here within the past month, and they said, Bob, you know, besides wishing you happy holidays, we, we just want to reconfirm you know how much you met in our respective lives and it it, it gives me goosebumps just saying the <laughs> statement right now you can see it Yeah, I made the statement when they said hey Bob we can't tell you how much you've done for our lives there's the bumps and uh, so it was a, a very touching time in, in, in my life uh, but the head coach got fired, and so did I. <laughs> and that's usually well, the, way right, exactly. <laughs> that's the way it works. So. in with the new, out with the old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: so my people live. Yeah.
0: How did you get started with the? Uh, you've, you've competed. Uh, you've, not, you've competed in the Ironman. You've, yeah. I know you've
4: done. Uh, uh, you know what you have to do in the Ironman? Yeah. You have to run, uh, run, swim, but, and yeah, yeah. yeah you got to swim two and a half miles. Yeah. So I jump in the ocean over there in Konakalua, Hawaii. It's do the two-and-a-half-mile swim and I think, a pretty decent time, one hour and 43 minutes. But I'm thinking to myself, how can I stay ahead of all these other triathletes? So when I got out of the ocean, I went, shark! Shark! <laughs> they all panicked. I got to the bike a little quicker. I almost won that thing, but... Uh, yeah, it was uh, you know, it, and back then I'm talking about man, what years am I talking about? 1987, 88, and society wasn't real hip to disabled athletes participating. So I, I hope in some small way I was somewhat of a groundbreaker there, or opened up some doors for others. And now there's just a tremendous amount of disabled veterans and those who uh, have been injured from non-military sources, and. Uh, Boy, this wheelchair competition is—it's pretty intense. Yeah. It's pretty intense. So, but uh, yeah, what sparked like, your interest in the, in
0: the,
4: in the Ironman? I, I like going places where no one has ever gone before. <laughs> it just <laughs> kind of fascinates me. It really does. It fascinates me. And uh, of course, being a PE major, I, I've always been interested to just push the limits. Much like Isaac. You know, Isaac is very humble, but he set let me say this again, he set the Marine Corps physical fitness record that's never been beaten when he was, uh, what would you say, back in the day? Would that be the the terminology? (laughs) Back in the day. Technical terminology. Yeah, yeah, 1964. Well, well, they they switched the criteria now, I believe. They retired
1: it after 20 years. Yeah. And then they they do something different now. Uh, Yeah. But at the same time, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm proud. Thank you, Bob. yeah. But uh, I'm proud that uh, I, I think that uh, you do things because you don't know why at the time you just know that you you want to be the one that, that sets the standard right yeah. and uh, that's what I did you know? yeah
4: definitely. So we've had an interest in fitness and ministry and working together and helping kids out and uh, you know right now I'm mean, even we're putting our, what we call our Celebrate America Tour together. Uh, I have a representative in Ohio. His name is Brett Bull, and he works very hard to coordinate all of our activities. I was just out at Pomona Gary High School yeah. just a few weeks ago, and uh, I said, how would you guys like the assembly? He said, wow. That's next, hey, How did you enjoy the assembly? Wow! I, I thought, well, you guys must know more English language than that. But, <laughs> but that's all anybody ever said was "wow." So, when you uh, uh, uh,
0: when you do your uh, your when you're speaking tours, uh, yes, uh, the, is it motivational or inspirational, mm-hmm. or are the two? Pretty much the same, you know. Yeah. A lot of times you hear people talk about uh, there's a motivational speaker, and you, you know you see somebody like Zig Ziglar, or yes, something like that, yeah, I've been it's with a, him. an inspirational speaker, and it's, it's usually somebody who's overcome something. Yeah. Um, you've kind of done both, right? Yeah,
4: yeah, you can do the combo, you yeah. know. And I had the privilege of being on the same platform with Zig Ziglar a couple of times, and it was a real blessing. But I've had a chance really to lead so many conferences and corporations and pro teams and i guess i'm pretty good at goofing up people's excuses i guess that's one thing they like about me you know (laughs) and so after the sales meeting uh, there's not much for the salespeople to say what what are they going to say i mean it was even in coaching in the nfl where these players are going to say hey bob uh, my toe hurts i got (laughs) i got a sore knee i said man i wish i had a sore knee or a pulled hamstring so uh, the list of excuses uh, and shrunk quite a bit, but it, it was a blast. And uh, you, know, you know what's happening in motivational speaking today? And I use a little statement. Uh, there's a difference between s- uh, simulation in the real world. You know, one is make-believe and the other is battle-tested, battle-proven. And, I mean, just by looking at me, you can tell I've been in a few heavy-duty, intense battles, you know, right in the middle of them. And so when I go to the school, I said to the kids, hey, I wasn't born this way. I said, I wasn't in an automobile accident. I said, I didn't even get injured playing Call of Duty, you know. And all the kids start laughing because that's their version of war is Call of Duty. I said, no, this is the real deal, you know. And all of a sudden, they go, wow. This is the real deal, you know, and it, it really makes an impact on our young people, and they're, they're just uh, so gracious in their way of telling me thank you so much for coming to our school today, for coming for a corporation. Because as Peter and I, I see all these bikes, you know, we didn't get into it, but I, I have pedaled uh, seven times across America. I did a couple doubles, 6,400 and 7,200 was my biggest ride. And so Peter's familiar with 7,200 miles because I can see he's an avid cyclist, (laughs) you know. But now you can imagine pedaling just with your arms and Mm -hmm. to come back the next day and the next, there's no rest. And I told Peter, my, my better days have been around 165 miles. So if you're listening and you're pedaling a bicycle, you better work hard alone! <laughs> but, uh, you know, 165 miles using your arms only, that's a pretty good crank. That's a, a real yeah. good crank. And day cr- after day. And that's day after day. That's a hard haul. That's a hard haul, oh, but I'm, sure. I'm, I guess, relatively mentally tough uh, because. There's not 5,000 of the North Vietnamese Army trying to blow my brains out. There's not incoming rocket attacks coming from the north, south, east, or west. And from here to your living room, the, there's not 289 booby traps. So, mm-hmm. you know, those are the conditions I basically lived under while I was serving in Vietnam. And uh, there's no doubt about it. It was uh, it was the most intense experiences I, I, can, I can ever draw on. You know, and I do. I draw on them. Yeah. You know, in fact, uh swoop you were telling me checked out my little video where i was doing a one-arm concentration cable curl with 100 pounds and i guess like you told me you haven't seen too many people do that (laughs) lately the key word is lately but uh it's been a lot of practice, but you even told me you said when I when you watched that lift on the video, you were very very impressed with that explosion. Absolutely, and, and you got to do it that way because the weights don't care who you are, <laughs> they don't care. So uh, you got to be pretty ex- uh, explosive. But I've been blessed, and I I always want to emphasize that to God be the glory because I, I I'm intelligent enough to know what I've been allowed to accomplish. It's not natural; it's supernatural. And when you can tune into the supernatural to draw upon your power, it, it's an exciting way to live. And, and, and Isaac knows exactly what we're talking about because we spend time together, and uh, we just try to encourage one another. You know, how can we help somebody else get over the bar? Right. Be humble before you stumble. You see, and it's kind of hard in today's society to find athletes who are humble. There's a few. But everybody in football makes a tackle and they pound their chest for five minutes.
0: And Who's the coach that said, uh, "Act like you've been there before"? Yeah, he's been there before. that's it. Well, you you know, you've done so many things, and, and uh, you've actually you know you talked about cycling across the U.S., but you actually walked across the U.S. Using uh, on your arms only. Oh uh, yeah, yeah,
4: no yeah. wheelchair, just on my arms. It took a while—three years, eight months, and six days. Isaac was with me for part of the project. Uh, we went two thousand seven hundred and eighty-four point one tenth miles, uh three years, eight months, and six days, and about four million nine hundred thousand sixteen steps. So wow. all you had to do was one step and then repeat it four million times, and uh, that's all there was to it, man. Piece of cake. Piece of cake, and, and then I was invited into the White House by as you saw the picture on the back of the book, President Reagan. And I said, hey, Mr. President, I said, I hope in some small way, some small way, this walk across America was an encouragement to you, Mr. President. Everybody said, well, what did he say? What did he say? I said, he didn't say anything. Mm -hmm. He started crying. President Reagan started crying right in the Oval Office. He was so overwhelmed. And then I went out and did the last mile and ended the project at Wall 22 West, line 47. And people said, well, why did you end it there? And that's the name of my fallen comrade who I was trying to save, Jerome Lubino. And that's where we ended the project. Very, very special to honor Jerome, who laid his life on the line, Matt. And uh, people, they they don't understand that today, especially the kids. You know, they say, hey, lay it on the line. Is that like those guys in World Wrestling Federation? They, they say they lay their life on the line. I said, well, buddy, it's, it's just a little different, just a little different. But it, it goes back to our society. We, we got all this uh, so much make-believe stuff that it's hard for our young people to comprehend something that's really real.
0: Right. When you, uh, you know, all the things you've done and, and accomplished, you know, it comes with hard work. Uh, I have to imagine, it, and obviously your, your faith is strong, but I have to imagine there's some times where you're like, why am I here doing this? Or should I, should I stop now? Isaac, yeah. fire up the van. Let's just get, get out of here. How, how does that work? Can I interject something
1: here, Bob? Yeah. Yes. I just want to say that, you know, most people would stop and think, and am I doing the right thing? Not Roberto Santiago Willando <laughs> He's about ready set go that's him he doesn't think about it he just does it there's a difference a lot of people have to think about it and then when people come up to you to try to make you aware do you realize brother what you're about to do he don't think about it Mm -hmm. I've been with him 40 almost 45 years and I can tell you you know he's my best friend and has been for over 40 years and he still amazes me. I don't say this to patronize him. I say it because of my respect for him, my love for him, and and the things that he's accomplished, people can't even comprehend, bro. I walked with him, behind him, to the side of him, never to his front, though.
0: <laughs>
1: he wouldn't let me do that.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it, uh, your accomplishments uh, you know, have been... Have been acknowledged I, I understand you the
4: only uh veteran who's been veteran of the well in a couple of states. states i was wisconsin's outstanding disabled american veteran in 1971 and i was california's outstanding disabled american veteran in uh, 1978 i want to say and then in 2001 i was named uh, vietnam veteran of the year for the entire united states which was quite an honor and uh you know uh, Veterans Day and Fourth of July, Memorial Day, they mean an awful lot to me. And, you know, I find that our country is falling away from that. And it hurts my heart. It hurts Isaac's heart. And, you know, because everybody wants to come to America, which I don't really have a problem with that. But if you come to America, understand the price that was paid for your freedom. And this is what I find a hard time people really comprehending the sacrifices that were made on their behalf so that they could come and enjoy the freedoms that we have here in America. Tremendous, tremendous price.
0: You know, the, the thing that amazes me most, most about this is you guys have been such good friends all these years. And yes. in the Army, he's in the Marine. I mean, That's uh, right. Usually, doesn't, mm-hmm. usually <laughs> it's <a> bitterness <laughs> there every once I'm in a not while. Allowed that, but <laughs> you got to understand.
1: You guys, you guys are breaking some sort of rule, yeah, I guess. I think you, so. gotta, <laughs> you guys have to understand something. Because of he was in the Army and I was in the Marine Corps, I pray for him all the time.
4: <laughs> and what people don't understand, I, I know the Marines are a real hardcore group of guys. I already know that. So I'm visiting Washington, D.C., and there's about 20,000 of these people. We live on an island called the Paris Island. We grow Marines, lean in, me I said, what are, you, what are you guys making all this noise for? He said, we're getting ready to run the Marine Corps Marathon i said oh yeah i said how far are you going he said 26.2 tenths miles i said well soldier i said i really wasn't in the marines but if you guys go 26 miles on your leg, i said well i'll jump out of the chair right now i'll go 26 miles on." Your yes sir <laughs> and then the commandant from quantico he said i've never seen anything like this so he busts up 10,000 marines had him stand at attention, and he said, when this soldier referring to me runs down this street, I want you all to stand at attention. And then the commandant, who heads up the whole Marine Corps, he comes up to me and he says, soldier? I said, yes, sir. He said, you just brought a new definition to Hardcore. I was crying and I said, How far you guys run when you train? And he said, Oh, we run about five to seven miles a day. I said, Well that ain't bad. I said when I was training hard I tried to run eleven miles a day, El Mario, Yes, sir But we've had a lot of fun with it, as you can tell and so Peter, it's been a, it's been a glorious joy ride and it's not over yet. We're wrapping up our Academy Award major motion picture. Yeah, let's talk, about, let's let's talk, talk about, about it. understand you got a movie co- uh,
0: that they're making about it. Yeah, you. Uh, you have your book here. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. Well, Tell well, us about the movie. Well, Isaac and I, you know, so many people, they said, man, what a, a phenomenal movie and they started writing and I said, Butch read." you know, his nickname Butch, I said, "Read." Man, he said, that doesn't sound like you. I said, you no, I don't think it does either. And somebody else came and we were all fired up and then I said, well, well what about the money? You know, well, they said, you need money to make them Yeah, I said, you need Oh, wow, somebody never told us that, you know. But uh, uh, Butch and I, we've been working very hard. So I said, you know, Bush, let's do this. I'm going to pour my heart out because I trust you. I'm going to pour my heart out to you. And Bush is a, a very good writer, and, and he wrote it longhand. And then his daughter works for Raleigh Studios. Raleigh Studios. And she's gifted to put it into screenplay form. And so we sat together. We must have put in at least a year of working almost every single day. We poured our heart out. And I said, you know what, Butch, I'm going to tell you this. I said, this screenplay has got to be as interesting as uh, the Chipmunks versus the Meatballs. (laughs) Come on. They're telling me Chipmunks versus the Meatballs is the number one motion picture in Hollywood. Shame on you, Hollywood. Shame on you. But they don't know what to do with these real stories. And, you know, what's interesting, I think about, about my life, and I, as I told you, my wife just passed away, but my wife was a, a 50% Cherokee Indian, 50% black. And so a lot of people used to call us a lot of names in the 70s, all kinds of people. But I'm saying that was kind of intriguing, that we were married for 38 years. Uh, Then you have the athletes who are interested in how do you become a world champion. You know, it's easy to say, hey, let's be world champion. There's a lot more to it than that. Then the military. This is a military story. It's a Christian story. It's a story to encourage people. Everybody needs inspiration. Everybody needs inspiration. And uh, I just think it covers all gamuts, you know, across every element and uh, so, there might be somebody here listening tonight. want to be part of some super, super, super special, so call swoop, because uh, you're going to play my brother-in-law in the movie, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's could be a big shot for you, swoop, but uh anyhow, uh, we're still believing, we don't give up. I always say, I always remember it's too soon to quit. You see, because you can tell just by my voice, my dream hasn't wandered. I believe with all of my heart it's going to be an Academy Award major motion picture. I'm going to believe that, see? Yeah. But if I don't believe it, how in the world is it going to happen, you right. see? And now that I said you could play the role of one of my brother-in-laws, oh, watch out. These phones might be buzzing off the hook. Or, yeah. I've been on enough auditions lately. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. All right.
0: Just um, practice, practice. You know, when it, you know. When you, you talk about pouring your heart out, that's the thing about when you're when you're being creative and you're writing from from the heart. heart yes, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that come come bubbling back up to the surface. Correct. Uh, did you find that when you were doing that that uh, you know there were things that kind of you relived certain things? Oh yeah, and, and I, I gave
4: I gave Isaac so much inf- information, and he did a phenomenal job of taking what you know. Cause he's been around the industry of, of, of what would be important and what not, and he, he did a fabulous job along with his daughter, yeah. and so I think we, we we're ready to go. Uh, we do. Let me just finish. Uh, we have five million towards the movie, and we're going to need a few more dollars. And uh, so again, I, I'm as serious as a pit bull on a pork chop. That if somebody's listening tonight and wants to be part of something special. Not chipmunks versus meatball. I, you know, you can tell that to me. special I don't believe. I'm gonna be honest. I don't believe it. But uh, we need. And I want, And I'm gonna throw out a plug for this new movie, Unbroken. Man, oh man, that touched my heart. I watched it just. I went to the premiere actually. And Angelina Jolie, they did a phenomenal job. And you know, our, our young people, we need more stuff that's real. We got enough stuff that's make believe and blow this up and blow that up and blow this up and blow that up and
2: crash this like car. Every pre- movie I go to now, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're like an entire city's getting, yeah, wiped out, it's right? Like, right, right, enough and, 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 and everybody's cheering when it happens, like yeah. you know, back in the day, yeah. the entire city got wiped out. There's people that got upset. It's like, so.
4: I hear what so, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I I think that our our country is clamoring for real, live, true stories. And I, and I know it's just like people say, oh, you know what, man? That sounds just like the Forrest Gump movie. I said, what? For Wait a second. Refresh my memory. Wasn't Forrest Gump make-believe? I said, I, this is what? What does it say? One step at a time, the remarkable, here's the key word, true, true story. story. I didn't have to make up anything. And it's 100 times more powerful than anything Forrest Gump ever tried. The, the writers in Hollywood couldn't write something more powerful. I got, and that reminds me of, I'm going to tell you a very special story on the walk across America. I walked from California to Joplin, Missouri. I'm trying to get to Washington, D.C. Anybody who knows anything about geography knows that the quickest way to get to Washington, D.C. is head east. Well, I got a touch on my heart. And I told the guy who was with me at the time, I said, Marshall, his name was Marshall Cardiff. I said, I don't want you to get annoyed. I don't want you to get irritated. But in my heart and in my spirit, I believe God's telling me to head north. What? He said, we've been out here two and a half years. Now you say you're going to head to Canada to get to Washington. He said, you are crazy. I said, I might be crazy, but it's in my heart, Marshall. He says, all right, you're the walker, man. Go for it. So I turn directions (laughs) and I start heading north. Day one, listen, absolutely nothing happens. Day two, Nothing. Day three, nothing. Day four, day five, day six, day seven, nothing. He said, oh, yeah, you're supposed to head north. Aren't? I said, I'm telling you. Week two, day one, nothing. Day two of week two, nothing. Day three, day four, day five, day six, day seven, absolutely nothing. Now we're into the third week. Nothing has happened. And I'm walking on my arm, and I look, and I said, what in the world? And there's a little sign that says Miller, Missouri, population 748 people. I said, Marshall, I'm going to take a little break up there when we get to the city limits. And I had a little trampoline Isaac was familiar with. I used to just recharge my batteries a little bit, and I'm sitting on a trampoline, and a guy's driving on the highway, and he said, Hey! He said, aren't you that vet going across America? I said, I'm the guy. He said, bro, I'm a Vietnam veteran also. I said, well, hey, that's cool. What year were you there, 1965, 67? No, man, he said, I was there 1969. He said, hey, I was there 1969. I said, who'd you serve with, the Big Red One, First Cav? Nah, he said, I was with the 25th Infantry Division. Tropical lightning, electric stroke. I said, hey, I was with the 25th Infantry Division. I said, what are you doing out here? He said, oh, I'm, I'm the maintenance man for uh, the local schools. But, hey, bro, he said, I just wanted to say Godspeed to you and go for it. He got in his car. He took off. I start walking. Ten minutes later, the guy toots his horn. He said, hey, bro. He said, I took a lot of pictures in Nam. He said, you got ten minutes to look at a scrapbook? I said, "Well, to be honest with you, I've been out here two and a half years. 10 minutes is not going to goof up the project, you know So he brings out my schedule. He, he brings out the scrapbook. I open up the scrapbook. and The very first picture I look at, I almost fall over because it's a picture of one of these dudes we captured from the North Vietnamese Army. And I don't have anything against Vietnamese people, but I'm just, with their names, I'm a little challenged because it's like wing, ding, dong, ding, ding, ching, ming, long. And and it was too complicated. So we always gave them American nicknames. I go, there's Ralph. (laughs) Ralph. (laughs) He looked at me. He says, wait a second. He said, is there any remote possibility That you were serving with the 25th Infantry Division in a place called the Hobo Woods. I said, Yeah, I was there. He said, Herc, because I was always trading. He says, Herc, he said, You're still alive. He said, I'm the guy who carried you to the helicopter the day that you got hit. He says, I'm the guy who carried you. To the helicopter the day you got hit. So when you have that sense in your heart and you say, Why are you changing directions? That brought closer. Then he goes, Wait, wait, wait a second. And he reaches in his pocket, he takes out his wallet, and he takes out a piece of paper. He said, Look at this. And at the top of the paper it says, Always remember. It didn't say sometimes remember, it said, Always remember. Then I had a list of all of the dudes with the 25th Infantry Division that got killed and where they were located on the Vietnam Memorial. So it was like uh, Johnny Jackson, Wall uh, uh, 21 East, uh, Line 53. Uh, Jerome Lubinon Wall 22, West Line 47. But he said, look at number five. And the name at number five was just Herc and a question mark. See, I trained so hard, they didn't even know my name was Bob Whelan. Nobody knew my name was Bob Whelan. They just knew me as Herc. Just Herc for short. And there was no wall, no line number, because you can't put a nickname on the Vietnam Memorial. And it just said Herc in a question mark. He said, I've been carrying this paper. At that time, he was carrying the paper for 18 years in his wallet. Okay, Hollywood, well, let me see you make up a story more powerful than that. You're not going to do it because, it's again, it's a true story. And so uh, it was just very, very special. It brought closure to me. And then he's met a couple of my buddies who I, I fought side by side with in Vietnam. And it, it's just we still try to have a reunion once a year. And we still, did you, let me say that one more time, we still have one another's back after 45 years. It's just uh, people can't even comprehend that we're so tight right. we are so tight and that's the way i wish america would be tight like that but people today they don't know what a commitment is a commitment to them is a, oh wow something happened i quit you know and uh we made a commitment to one another so anyhow that's uh one powerful story um that's real, amazing real quick here
0: um We've tried to cover a lot, and we want to make sure we get all the information out to our listeners that that we you, know, we, that you want to have out there. But if people want to come, you know, you do a lot of, uh, of motivational, motivational yeah. speaking and things. Yeah. If people want to, I know you have a website, yeah. Bob Whelan. No,
4: www.BobWhelan.com. Right. And yeah.
0: they want to have you come speak at their thing. Can, can
4: I give this number out? Yeah. Just, just contact my agent, Brett Bull, B-O-H-L, and his phone number is 614-
0: 588 7026. 614 588 7026. And his name is Brett Bull. Yep. And uh, he will uh, help you get in contact with Bob Whelan uh, if you want to have him come speak uh, for one of your events. You're talking about the, uh, real quick, you're, you're in the middle of the uh, Across America. What, yeah. what was it called again? The um, Walk
4: Across America. But here's what President Reagan said. Maybe you might read that. So, President Reagan said,
0: he said, truly, Bob. Truly, Bob Whelan is an inspiration for all of us. Yeah. yeah. Oh, George Allen, the football coach. Yep. A true great American, he gives 110%. Yep.
4: That's good. That's, That's good. Cool, man. Um, what's next? We're working on this motion picture. It's not going to be a regular motion picture. It's going to be an Academy Award. <laughs> so people in Hollywood, do you like Academy Awards? And this is the one to hook up with. And I guarantee you, you won't be disappointed. People say, do you realize that making an Academy Award major motion picture is very, very difficult? Yeah, I said, I realize that, but I only have one question. Do you think it's as difficult as walking across America on your arms? And for some reason, it gets real quiet. It gets real quiet. So that's always been my challenge. And just Isaac knows me. I, I, it's always too soon to quit, you yeah. see. Wow. And uh, and that's what happens in life today. You know, that's why I appreciate you, Swoop, and Peter. You've been doing this show now for five years. It looks like you're growing you know, talking to you guys, you you might have thought you'd have been further along by now, but you know what? You haven't given up. No, and, I, and I've sensed your passion, your passion and Peter's passion, and you guys are as excited as ever to, to do this program. You don't know who you're reaching, but you know you're reaching somebody because you're getting comments every week. Man, it's great that you did this program or it's great that you did that. And it's the same with Isaac, man. we're We're just... Well, I, w- I want to thank you, Bob,
0: for 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 coming in and 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 sharing your story with us. And I wish we had much more time to to, to continue on because there's so much there's so much more to you and the things that you've done, and that we wanted to touch on. And and we really want to have some time to talk to Isaac. Isaac, sure. uh, he's got a re- remarkable uh, life and mm-hmm. career. Himself and uh, so we want we like to you know maybe have you guys back uh, sometime in the near future. But yeah. uh, we want to thank you for coming in tonight and uh, and, and sharing some time here out here at Swiss World. Thank you guys, yeah,
4: thank you very very much.
0: It's our pleasure. Uh, we are about uh five minutes away from uh Bruski's beer tasting, T-Bone's in the house. What's yeah. And, uh, you know, we got AD. Uh, we'll be talking to Anthony Davis here shortly. We're going to take a quick break and to come back and do some other things. This is uh, Corey Joseph-Clark, Throwing Stones. You're listening to Swoops World on the Talk Story Radio Network. Back after this. <laughs>
1: Talk Story Radio.
7: What's up, guys? This is Jarrett. This is Patrick. This is David. And we are
8: Haster, and you're listening to Swoops World Radio.
0: Yeah, baby. we go. And welcome back to Swoop on the Talk Straw Radio Network. And uh, we want to thank Bob Whelan and Isaac Ruiz for, for stopping in. T-Bone, what's happening?
9: Oh, hello, gentlemen.
0: How's it going, man?
9: It is going. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, fellas. Uh, my goodness. 2015, man. I remember as a kid watching Back to the Future and all those movies and thinking, wow, 2015, there's going to be hoverboards, and <laughs> a baseball team in Miami, and all kinds of crazy things that'll never happen.
2: <laughs>
9: a couple of those things actually yeah, exactly. <laughs> panned out.
2: Exactly.
9: I never thought I'd live to see them, but here we are, so.
0: Well, it is about time for Brewskies. Peter, can I start the intro? Uh, sure, go ahead. Yeah, well, we, we can give it just a little okay, bit more. Just a bit of time, I get uh, Well, I'm we going to shout mm-hmm. out to those listening on oh, Talk okay. Stream Live, as well as the Swoops World app, and all the other ways you can listen to us here at Suits World, and, uh, once again, if you want to go check out Bob Wheeling. you can go to bobwhelan.com, uh, W-I-E-L-A-N-D, bobwhelan.com, find out more about Bob, and uh, he, he's quite a guy. <laughs> it's a hell of a story. A hell of a story, man. Just, <laughs> just, just yeah. no other way to say it, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's just absolutely no other way to say it, man. It's just, wow,
2: wow. Well, you got to respect uh, just his attitude that night. I'm yeah. not going to let this beat me, because... Uh, you know, it would be really easy to do. It would be really easy to just say, yeah, cash in my chips and yeah, I'm a could drunk be, or a I could, finish I things. Could, or, could, I can
0: defeat, thing? defeat it when it drops below 70 degrees. Wow. I, <laughs> I still got both my legs. Uh, so that, yeah, that guy it's yeah, amazing. It's an amazing story. You know, it's like we were talking about with Angela, man. It, you, these people who've been through some, uh, some tough things, and they, they bounce back and, and show the rest of the world up. It's uh, pretty pretty interesting and pretty inspirational. Get a chance to check him out. It's time for Brewskis, our beer tasting segment right here at Soup's Row Late Night, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. So grab yourself a glass, pour yourself a brew, and join us right now for Brewskis, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. Well, happy
2: Wednesday, and welcome to the first show. Of the new year of 2015 here, um, tonight we're drinking one from Coronado Brewery. I'm almost certain we've had something from them before. We've, but had, we've had a few of theirs. Before, yeah, this is uh, this is definitely special. special. This is uh, one of their specialty beers, and uh, it's called Black Sales Black IPA. And uh, here's what they have to say about it. <clears throat> it's a uh, Venture to the dark side, a dimension of deep flavor and roastiness. Without sacrificing your love of the familiar flavors and aromas of a West Coast IPA, this brill- brill- brilliantly balanced Black India Pale Ale took home a silver medal at the Great American Beer Festival. So go and set sail. 7.2% alcohol. And uh, I don't have a hop unit deal here, but, uh, you know, this will probably get Pops up there. to taste. So, uh... That's what we're drinking tonight. And the uh, Coronado Brewery is they're, – they're, uh, they're not actually on Coronado, are they? I uh,
9: they believe they are. They
2: are. Either way, they're down there in San Diego close somewhere.
0: Enough, close enough to claim it, I think. Yeah. Like uh, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. That's right.
9: Hopefully uh, they're closer than that. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully.
2: Uh, but uh, definitely, definitely down there in San Diego. Um, this is one that uh, – you can get your growler filled with, so for those of you who are making a trip down there, you might, might want to consider that. Lots of uh, other options. They have a Coronado, Coronado Bobblehead Red. That sounds uh, like a fun beer. So anyhow, here we are, first brew, uh, well, at least on the show, first brewskis of
9: the year. Salute. Salute.
0: I'm sensing a T-ball should start off. All right.
9: Whoa. The t moment. It's a T-ball moment. And he's not reaching for the cup again. He goes, uh, goes in for a second sip it, when I say that. Got it. Oh. Huh. This was bizarre. Um, I honestly taste oysters in this. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Um, uh, and I don't know, man. I just—that's just what hit me right now.
0: <laughs> uh, you know, I, I like oysters, but not necessarily my beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um,
9: my brain and my tongue are confused right now. There may be a wire crossed somewhere, but I just took another sip between breaths, and yeah, I have this very <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just just—I'm just lost. Just <laughs> <Which is>, wow. <laughs>
0: All right. Uh, well, uh, do you want to elaborate on
9: that? I don't know if I can, uh, man. On, I don't. I you. honestly, that uh, there's a big old sticking point right there. <laughs> I, I, am gonna take another sip. Yeah, that's bizarre. Not, a, not bad in any way. Just that's like big flashing light in my head right now. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have come up with oysters, but I can
2: but see. But since he said it, it's there. huh? Right? say it. I'm not sure it's <laughs> there, but I can see. It's like it's a flavor That's, something, that's something, the closest something. maybe explanation or, or description of it. Um, that being said, I, I'm liking it. It's uh, definitely different. Uh, this is not this, for me. Would not be a beer like sit down and drink all day kind of beer. No. This is more just like we're doing. Like have one um, and then move on. Well, it's such a it's a huge flavor first of all, it's a huge flavor, it's uh, it's almost a stout-like flavor as far as the malt, you know, it's got uh, the kind of stuff you would expect, and say like a, a Murphy's Irish stout, you know, it's got that creaminess almost, then it's definitely an IPA hoppiness, I'm liking it, uh, but it's definitely not a sit down, drink all day beer, it's a have one, and you know, share a bomber with someone. It's that kind of a beer, but it's 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 a big flavor. I mean, they, it lives up to its billing as far as that goes.
0: Big, robust flavor. Uh, I ha- would not have uh, come up with the voice, but after you said it, it's, it's been there. It's been there ever since. <laughs> <so>. um, <laughs> 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 um, but uh, it is it is it's something different. It's not something that uh, we would normally uh, uh, lean towards. Um, with like, I'm with Peter on that. It's not something I would I would drink a whole bunch of. I might I might share a bomber with with, uh, with a couple guys that I like on a win- on a yeah. um, but it's not something I would normally just kind of have on hand all the time. Um, but that being said, I think it's well made. It's uh, interesting taste, and it's it's I don't dislike it. I just wish you hadn't said it tasted like an oyster. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to amend my. <laughs>
9: My, I'm gonna I'm gonna decide based on looking at the label to call it Mermaid Pussy. Ah. <laughs> so this beer tastes like Mermaid Pussy.
2: That puts an entirely yeah, different yeah, spin, on it. spin on it. Yeah. 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 There. There you go. bubbles. Like, yeah.
0: yeah, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> T-bone on a scale of one to ten, ten being best.
9: Uh, I'm gonna go with a a solid seven right here.
0: Yeah, I'm going
2: You know, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I don't. I really. This in under their listing is a specialty beer, mm-hmm. right? and I think it needs to be judged in that kind of category. If you're comparing this to other, like say, true IPAs, it, it's not going to fare well. But in that specialty, unusual category, I think it's a well-made beer, and uh, I'm with you right there with the seven.
0: Well, it looks like it's going to score seven because that's what I was at. Was Triple a seven. Sevens, Woo! Sevens, three sevens all the way around. Peter, what are we eating with this, man? Well, Besides? this beer. It, it, despite seafood. despite the fact that it, it
2: <laughs> might taste like a mermaid pussy um probably isn't going to go with seafood all that well um it's big 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 flavors um but i this is this would be a beer that could handle steaks and meats and uh this with like an irish stew or something hearty this is like a hearty cold like this mm-hmm. be, one, is like maybe chili? a chili. Chili might be because of the tomatoes in there might not be right. You think more of the broth, like a a beef stroganoff or a beef bourguignon sort of deal. Something like big old prime rib with like Yorkshire pudding. You know, like kind of old fashioned meat meals. A a pot pie. You know, like like a meat pie. Yeah. Those types of things. I could see this going really well with those types of, like, you know stewed meat and potatoes and carrots and chunks of onion, that yeah. sort of thing. That's what this reminds me of or makes me think of uh, when I think of food pairing. Um, it's just big. It's just really big. The other thing, too, is its it almost has a bit of a sweetness that it could, it could go later. With, if you're somebody that likes to do, like, uh, this time of the year, uh, like nuts and cheese and, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, like honey or something like that. Uh, you might be able to pull this off if the cheeses that you pair it with are big enough. You know, like, think blue cheese, uh, triple cream, San Andre type of deals. Right. Uh, you might be able to pull that off. I don't, I'm not sure that'll work, but you no, might.
0: I have this. Uh, I think I told you about this place called The Great, I don't know if it still exists, uh, in the gas lamp, San Diego. Mm-hmm. I, I used to go there, and I used to get this thing all the time, and it was a, kind of a, it was a brie that was melted with honey and pecans. Uh-huh,
2: uh-huh.
0: And they would just, you know, they take a big chunk of brie and squirt honey on it and place some pecans on it and I'm assuming they just toss it in the microwave for <laughs> 20 seconds. But the bottom line is, it was, uh, it was really good. Mm-hmm. And, I would, I, and I would always, when I had it, I always had a really big heavy cat when I was right eating that. So I think this might fit. Might my go company. there, might work there.
2: Just occurred to me like a French onion soup. And mm-hmm. you know, with the beef chunk of cheese and bread and beef broth. Like that's where this is probably gonna shine uh, when pairing with food I, I would think.
0: So there you have it. There you have it, man. <coughs> Another edition of briskies. Tricks on wine dot com. That's brisky.
9: It's a mermaid box.
0: <laughs> in about uh, 10 minutes, uh, we will be uh, talking to Anthony Davis, AD. Uh, he's got plenty he wants to talk about. And there's plenty of others to talk about. t time out. I'm sure he's got a lot of stuff he he wants to talk about. We've been gone for uh, a few weeks now. Huh? It's been three three, three weeks. weeks, I think, was our last show. A few bowl games in between. Yeah. And, uh, so, uh, I was texting him when he was at the... Was at the Liberty Bowl. What bowl was it? The Holiday Bowl. Oh, Yes. He thought these colors were red. So. <laughs> that. I got a GFY. <laughs>
9: I was trying to type GBR. <laughs> did I type GFY? <laughs> At
0: which time I uh, spilled my beer in
9: on <laughs> Well, did you guys see me on TV?
0: No, I, I, I was
9: I was the one wearing red. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was right there in the stands. <laughs> like like oh, that a, oh yeah. So, how was it, man? I mean, you, you it was had, a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah.
9: Um, it was, uh, it Nebraska
0: was a. Nebraska came out pretty decent.
9: Yeah, they started they started well. Um, you know, SC started slow because I think Tommy Armstrong threw four balls right into. USC defenders' hands, and they dropped all yeah. four of them. That was the first quarter. <laughs> he was just itching to throw a pick, and they were like, "No, we're not having it. No, we don't want any interceptions." Uh, but you know, bowl games are just a great time. Like yeah. even even a bowl game like this that doesn't matter. You know, I mean, none of them matter. But tailgating was fun. We ran into some of my coworkers, uh, SC fans, Nebraska fans. Uh, played some flip cup at one random tailgate spot. Um, had another 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 random group of tailgaters we we wandered around the parking lot you know you got to um just people are giving you drinks giving you food it's a great time my cousins went and they'd never been to a uh well a couple of them had never been to a, a college football game so just show everybody the ropes and yeah. uh, you know scream and yell and we were sitting right above the band so it was fun you know it's a good time and it was, a good, Murf, it was huh? a good game, yep, the Murph. <laughs> not calling it anything else. Nope, nope.
0: Good, good, good times. Yeah, you're right, you know, College games are, are the best, and bowl games are a lot of fun. I was watching, as always, uh, A Football Life, and this week it was on the, uh, I forgot what year, the Rose Bowl, SC played Texas, Uh 05, Vince, Vince Young, mm, 06, I believe. Yeah, the 06 it. game. Mm-hmm. they say, it's uh, of course, you know, but you're watching. This is the greatest football bowl game ever. It was a – I remember that game, man. And, you know, what? when you see the highlights and say you start breaking things down and you know, they're interviewing a lot of the players who played it and stuff, you know, that was an exciting, freaking game. It was. Man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was. And, you know, and then they talked about, you know, how Leonard and Vince Young, you know, they're – most people would have expected them to still be playing pro ball by now. And they both say, hey, you know, we messed up. <laughs> We didn't take it serious enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they both. Which, I believe Johnny Manziel will be saying it in a couple years. <laughs> yeah, I,
9: I think. Unfortunately, I think that's. Unfortunately for him, I think that's the case. I yeah. mean, he's. Hopefully, he at least doesn't spend all of his money, but yeah. because I, I don't see him making money in the I, long I, term.
0: I see, I see these two are doing pretty well still. <laughs> uh, liner, liner, he's he's uh, which, which one? One of the shows is he on? He's on one of those pre-game shows. Uh, I a lot. For, them. for college, I'm assuming? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I know
9: probably. there's the, there's, <laughs> it's like a Dish Network commercial where they can, talking about their DVR and how uh-huh. they can like skip back and forth. And I guess it's got Liner and uh, one other big time college player who was an NFL bust. They're like, are you going back to college? <laughs> Take me with you. <laughs> no, that's
0: uh, that's uh, b- 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 uh, the boss
9: oh yeah <laughs> and that was one thing I watched over over the, the, the break I watched Brian and the boss
0: yeah
9: that was a good one um, that, that was my that was the 30 for 30 I've enjoyed the most yeah. so far that was a good one um, and I saw the U and the U part 2 like three times
0: I, I, seen, I, I saw that I, I, thought... I
9: enjoy the U part 2 because it really goes into like the depths that they've fallen back into <laughs> Like this is what happens when you continuously <laughs> cheat and flaunt it over and like, over and over like, again. You I like, get bitch slapped.
0: I like their attitude, though. Oh yeah, they're I like, like we're, they're we like, don't hey, give a fuck. We, we, we don't give a shit. We're, we're, yeah. This is our swag. Hey, you 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 recruited a bunch of you recruited a bunch of dumb dealing gangsters from yeah. the inner city. This is what you get. Mm-hmm. But you know, a lot of those guys. I mean, I, and I, hey, a lot of them got educations on A lot of them have had some really decent careers. Uh, you know, so. Uh, like you said, they boy, they, they flaunt did they flaunt their misbehavior. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, uh, yeah, but uh, you know I, I like the Boz one though. The
9: Boz one was good. I, I thought it was very interesting the way the whole thing was framed. You know, in the storage locker.
0: Yeah, with his kid.
9: Him and his son going <laughs> yeah. through all the old clippings uh, and everything.
0: I, I don't I don't know you can't wear that to oh, I wish I didn't have that. Anybody keeps it. <laughs>
9: <laughs> and just I mean, just to see so many of the different hairstyles in, yeah. in such a short period of time, like, for it to go through a whole bunch of pictures and video of him, and it's like, oh, my God, he really, he really lived it, man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, he did live it. And, you know, the thing is, is uh, a lot of the guys realize, you know, injuries, injury, you don't care how good you are. Once you get injured, man, that, your mm-hmm. career is pretty much yeah. shot depending on the injury. And That's what happened to him. I mean, you know. Yeah. You know
9: he, and, you know, 30 years ago. They couldn't piece things back together, and you're good to go. Three weeks later, and yeah, you know, now it's you know, fucking sorcerers and magicians <laughs> waving <and> shit over <laughs> your knees and your shoulders, and you're just good. It's like, yep. I, I like, mean,
0: I, I like a, bit, uh, a bit, uh, 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 what's his name, the coach. Switzer, Switzer, uh, doing a little makeup session. Uh, no, I never hated you, but you know, it piss me off with that one thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah. and it was it
9: was fun to see like such a human side of Brian Bosworth. Yeah, because yeah, he, was. he was so adamant about never letting anyone see that for a long time. Yeah. And, God,
0: and he, Switzer, and man you know, and dad, he can just never please, man. Yeah,
9: yeah, yeah, and I think that's a common theme among a lot of these dudes. Yeah, exactly, I exactly, mean, yeah. it wasn't quite the Marinovich project. <laughs> <laughs> But you know that that motivations, the motivation that all these competitive ass sons of bitches out there have, it comes from somewhere. <laughs> I think that's a pretty common one.
0: <laughs> I would bet
9: it's at least fifty percent. Please, Dad. <laughs> yeah. So.
0: yeah. You know what? I tell you, the thirty for thirty, the E sixties, and the football life—I think—are when it comes to sports. If you're in the sports period, no, they, they put together some great projects. I've mm-hmm. seen some great thirty for thirties lately. Uh, just amazing ones. I, I, off the top of the head, I can't think of the ones I would think about. But I, I remember sitting there going, oh, when we come back in the air, I want to talk about this. I should have read, read it, yeah. Cause, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll remember it, like, right after we off the air. It's right. That's right. <laughs> fine.
9: <laughs> the important thing is that we talk about it. Exactly. <laughs> if other people happen to hear it, good for them.
0: <laughs> Shout out to uh, <laughs> Stacey and Alma who are listening, and I got a one text here, so they're, they're tuned in and listening, so a shout out to them. And hey girls! Hey girls! Happy New Year! They did, they did wish us a Happy New Year, so... Um, what you do for New Year's, man? you do anything special?
9: Uh, I'm trying to think of how to describe this on the air. <laughs> <laughs> I drank a lot. <laughs> and uh, played Cards Against Humanity. <laughs> and
2: we did that on Christmas yeah. Day, right?
9: Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, drank a lot of whiskey. Actually, drank a lot of Scotch. Yeah, classic. We, we did that too. One of my one of my friends <laughs> brought over a <laughs> bottle of Johnny Walker Blue. Because no, I, I guess later. they were, I guess it was uh, on sale at Costco, so I don't know how much it costs on sale at Costco, but I know that. Oh, no, the only times I've seen it in public, it's like, that's more than I want to spend yeah. on yeah. a drink. I bought one
0: drink. I bought it once at the... This year, I, so. I
9: kept the bottle. I'm going to fill it with Johnny Walker Red. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I,
0: I was, this is probably 15, 16 years ago. I was sitting at the yard house and looked up and said, you got that Johnny Walker Blue? He goes, yeah. I said, oh, give me a shot. It, then I got my bill. <laughs> like that's a that, You could give me half the bottle for that price,
9: but uh, yeah. Yeah, the only the first time I had heard of this of that there even was a blue label one uh, was when a friend of mine who was playing in the NFL at the time was sober driving one of his teammates around town, and that was what his his teammate drank. All night everywhere they went.
0: Large bars. Well, you better be, a, you better be an NFL cellar. You're gonna drink it all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's take a quick break and come back and call Anthony Davis. How's that sound? You know, this is the Talkstar Radio Network. And we're gonna take a quick break. This is uh, Michelle Mangione. It's called Skeletons back up to this.
5: the choice If I could think it over From some other place A world without design This is not the path That I would have chosen Reaching for your hand As if it was a crime Are you
1: And now we have an 8-year-old on the line. Welcome
0: to Our World Today. What's your question?
9: Our continents make up 29%
5: of the Earth's surface, meaning that 71% is comprised of water. Man automatically
10: adapts to environmental conditions. So why do I need to take swimming lessons?
6: Are you ready for kids who eat healthy? Good nutrition can lead to great things. To find out
9: how a healthy lifestyle can help your child succeed, go to MyPyramid.gov. Brought to you by the Ad Council and USDA.
1: The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors.
2: Hello, this is James Ede from the Dub Rock Duo. Just wanted to let you know that you're listening to Swoop's World.
3: hey. Some people talk, some don't know what to say. Everybody.
0: Ah, there it is. Welcome, Anthony Davis, AD, former USC, five-time All-American, NFL, CFL, World Football League—you name it. He's been there. He's done it. Welcome back to the show, brother.
7: You say all american five-time national champion. <laughs>
0: did, yeah. I, did I say? I, did I list? Did I forget one? The five-time national
7: champion. No, no, no. no, 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 no you forgot. It. You said. I was an All-American five times. I was on the five national champions. All right, my bad. I was bad, All-American. Man. I was All-American in both sports. <laughs> I, got, you know, I got to straighten you out at one point. You get a little <laughs> needs, brother. That's okay. So
0: <laughs> well, your friend Isaac Ruiz just left. Uh, he said, to "Tell you hello," and uh, we got, we got plenty to talk about, man. Uh, you had you a whole list of things you want to talk about. Let's start with the, Let's start with the, the player conduct, man. Uh, Johnny Manziel. <laughs> and uh, the Josh Gordon from the Cleveland Browns. You, uh, you had some thoughts on those two guys,
7: man. You know, first of all, a lot of these guys are dead out of control. You know, a lot of these guys don't get it. Once you found a professional team, they need to understand that, you know, you got NFL security. The NFL is tied into every law enforcement agency in the country, okay? These guys don't understand. They know every move you're making. They, they're watching you. Hey, man, if you're smoking weed, somebody's going to see, and, and it's going to be the NFL right away. If you're drinking at a party and you're supposed you to be the face of the NFL, or potentially the future of the face, you don't have parties at your house and all this that unscrupulous kind of stuff going. You just can't do that. You know, it it, it, it amazes me what these guys do get away. This domestic violence stuff. I mean, everything that goes on is unbelievable to me. I don't get it. Hey, man, they're paying you all this money. It's a privilege. Now, one thing about Menzel, you know, you say he's from a wealthy thing. Well, I think, frankly, unconsciously, God doesn't give a damn what do you think Because If you get rid of him, he's got money coming, period, down the road. He's just blessed that way. But but you understand, when when these guys and these owners and these sponsors see what you're about, that hurts the brand. If you hurt the brand in the National Football League, you're gone. I mean, you're gone. Eventually, gone. But back in my day, if you even did an inkling of it, you were gone. If you looked at the coaches the wrong way, you were gone. Now, let me go race on you now. If you were being black and he's door scoring is, hey brother, let me say, if you listen to the broadcast, where can you go get a job like this anywhere? I don't think too many Americans making millions of dollars to play a football game. You need to realize how it works for us. And oh, and Baltimore, by the way. You remember the Jim Browns of the world? The great Jim Brown? He tell you something, even as great as Jim Brown was. Jim Brown couldn't get a guy away with that, which you guys do. So I'm appalled what I even hear about this stuff. It makes me sick to even think about it. I know some of these days, a lot of these kids today don't get it, but they'll get it when they get when they out of the game and they need it. It's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you just a, it's just appalling to me to know these people – don't realize what they have. It's like gimme, give gimme, give gimme give society today. You know, you know, you, you, you never and and, and, and Frank, let me tell you something, Scott. You saw small Johnny Menzel is, I'm bigger than he is. I could have played the NFL as a quarterback. I was all American quarterback. I had a, I was a left handed guy. I could throw the ball. I could run it. Matter of fact, Menzel didn't even have my skill level as a quarterback. So I so, don't. So, so he needs to count his blessings because if he was coming out years ago, he wouldn't even be in, in himself. it himself. it not to matter how much rap with you did? You better think that you better take the guys who came before, like the Doug Flutie, and you know, and the, and the Fran Tarkenton, and all those kind of guys. That's in your category. If not, you wouldn't even be in the game today.
0: Which is interesting. And I, I, give me your thoughts on this. Uh, you know, I, I understand. You know, co- co- collegiate sports doesn't necessarily trans- translate and transfer over to now, to the professional level. But we've seen many a times and over the years, and I think people and I have talked about this too, that uh, you know, a lot of guys who win the Heisman Trophy, uh, they don't, they, you know, they're a bust when they get to the NFL. Um, being the best or voted the best collegiate athlete doesn't necessarily translate into the professional level. Do you think there's a is there something there you you kind you kind of have this thing on your shoulder where you think you know I won the Heisman I automatically should get this or what do you think the reason is that a lot of these guys who do win the Heisman don't uh, don't last long in the NFL?
7: Well, I believe you know when you win the Heisman sometimes they they, they they give you the benefit of the doubt they give you a gift. Just for example, back when I was playing, Archie Griffin was a number one draft. But Archie Griffin didn't have my talent, okay? But he was the number one draft choice. To the Cincinnati Bengals, but the year before, the year, the year I, I didn't win it, I was second round drafted. But well, that doesn't make any sense. People still baffled mind that one. I think that you get a little bit more benefit of the doubt because you did get that honorable trophy as being claimed the best player in, in college football. But it does not always add up to the national football league. Just they like are talking about the Oregon versus the Florida State quarterback. Now, Jameis Winston, who's a Heisman chosen one, is definitely an NFL ready quarterback. Now, I agree with everybody talks about it. He's a pocket putt player, but he can also run. He's elusive himself. He's big. He's, he's strong. He's NFL ready right now. But I'm saying just because he went to Heisman, he won it. But, but the thing about him, he happens to be one who won it and is ready to go in the NFL and learn the NFL game and have played the game. But yeah, it doesn't always add up to. Uh, 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 being successful in, in the NFL, but also to even if you win it or not, as a former player, you got to give it with the right team and the right organization and the right coach yeah. to understand and see what you have and what you can fit in. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I remember seeing a thing. I see a thing with Tom Brady. With Tom Brady, Tom Brady's not drafted by the New England Patriots. Tom Brady is out football. Uh-huh. There ain't no way we're going to get Tom Brady. So I'm just saying that all things when you drafted by. Kind of system they build around you and the pieces around you is a crap shoot, man. I'm taking yeah. a crapshoot in the dress.
9: It absolutely is. Just, I mean, and you know, I don't think we've ever had a Heisman Trophy winner who was a bad football player. Every one of these guys who's won the Heisman was a damn good football player. But were they also the beneficiaries of some really incredible circumstances? Absolutely. I mean, every every Heisman winner. Has been on one of the best, if not the best, team in college football in that given year, and it, that goes a long way to making you look fucking otherworldly when, when you've got an, an incredible all-star supporting cast around you too. And when you go, all, when you make that jump to the NFL, you've got talent around you too, but it's a little more equal with the other teams. And you might be in a, a system that's not right, you know. And I, I think most of these guys that win it, like I said, they're great football players, but they're also they're reaping the benefits of some incredible cosmic gifts. I mean, like, the the universe rolled the dice, and that guy won that year. He got the jackpot, you know? And, and not to take anything away from the accomplishments of any Heisman Trophy winners and what they did in college, but they the, even as a great player or a great football team, you need things to bounce your way to win it. And
0: Well, speaking of bouncing your just, way into incredible circumstances, <laughs> AD, do you uh, – yeah, I think Archie Griffin—he's only got his one at twice, right?
7: You think you're, we're ever going to see that again? Yeah, you can see—you know—you can see it again. I mean, yeah, you can see that again, but take circumstances to make that happen. I mean, look—you know—the sad thing about the Archie Griffin, thing about him winning two Ohio, of Heisman. Most people don't think he deserved either one of them. I mean, that's a sad thing. How can, how can you imagine walking down the street and saying, oh, "By the way, you didn't deserve that choke? The guy that you beat out was much better than you. Oh, by the way, he was a two-time national champion. Did you ever win your national champion? You see, the sad thing about his situation, yeah, you will see another two-time a hybrid champion, I believe. But if you win it, and you and people are saying you don't deserve it, that's one thing too. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 I'm saying I know he's dealt with that because I've talked to several people who have confronted him on that. But yes, yeah, I would, I would definitely say, I definitely, I definitely think that you will see it another two time uh, totally All American right. trophy winner. He's gonna be exceptional. But uh, in turn, just like, just like we just talked about, you know, uh, the pieces are gonna be together, and somebody's gonna do that. If J- if, you know, if Jameis Winston came back, you know, next year, he could win a second uh, one. He's, you he's know, going pro I heard today. Yeah, that's what we understand. If he was coming back. He could win another team. He could win a second one. You know what I mean? Uh, and even if it's getting married up or from Oregon, he could win a second. Based on what they're doing, yeah. if he can put up the same similar numbers, he could win a second So, I mean, but these guys are going to enter the draft. But I definitely agree with the fact. there's somebody's going to win uh, two, two highs and trophies, or the system might not let him win two. You
0: know, speaking of uh, winning, and then we're going to move on to something else, I think uh, – uh, what's his name? This guy played for uh, – Notre Dame and play for the Raiders. Uh, um, okay, Rod Woodson. Rod Woodson's the last defensive player. Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson.
7: Uh, Playing for Wisconsin. Michigan. Charles. Michigan. Right.
0: Uh, he's, uh, he's the last one we've seen when uh, uh, winning uh, on the defensive side, and, and he's a special – I guess he's a punt returner too. Uh, are we going to ever see uh, any more defen- defensive players uh, uh, get a shot at it? I know that uh, – Manti Teo was uh, was
9: nominated. He was a finalist, yeah. Uh, uh, and Sue was I a believe, finalist.
7: Yeah. You know, I believe they're all going to be it. I believe you will see a guy that, like, Woodson did. I mean, it was a fluke year for him. I mean, if you'd had somebody that was putting up great crazy numbers off he wouldn't have won it. But the fact that he did so much stuff defensively, offensively, and special teams. And he did it for a team that won, won the national
9: championship, too.
7: Right. So, I mean, you know, so so all the combination of things sure. that he was doing, he was all. Yeah, that's why he won it. You see, but, yeah, I remember when I was running, for, I was doing everything, too. But, but you know, it was weird. I, I brought back kicks. I ran the ball. I caught the ball. I actually kicked extra points. I mean, but for some reason, I didn't win it. But, you know, keep, we talked about, you know, back in the day, a lot of reasons. A, a lot of historians believe I didn't win the hype because of what I was about off the field. But, I mean, uh, you will see somebody like Woodson win another one like that. There has to be cir- special circumstance, and everything's got to be in line. National championship doing special things on special teams, doing special things on defense, doing special things on offense. It's going to take that guy outside of a great offensive player with great stats. And that given year, nobody came close with, this kid, with this kid, what he did. That's why he wouldn't hide
0: Let's uh, uh, while, we're, while we're still in the NFL, let's talk about uh, this Dallas, the Dallas-Detroit game. Uh, questionable calls. Mm-hmm. Uh, people thought there should have been a, a offensive pass, a defensive pass interference. They also thought there should have been a holding call uh, against uh, uh and Sue. Uh, there's questions about one of the referees uh, partying with on Jerry Jones's bus. What were your thoughts uh, on this whole thing? And is, is is there a controversy, or is there not a controversy?
7: Well, I believe there's a controversy. I mean, even though they say now, Blanadino Dean Banadino was doing this with all the teams around the league. He was going to visit the teams, and that's part of his job, and the vice president, and stuff like that. But it's, it's really ironic that he was at the game and all this kind of stuff. And, 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 and first of all, Detroit Lions, they have every right to be upset about that. That was blatant. I mean, refs missed calls all the time. But that was blatant, in the game. And then at one time with, with, with Sue, the guy will be tackled. The guy. I mean, how do you miss that? I mean, those, those those, were two blatant plays, in my opinion. And they were very controversial. But I can tell you, and a lot of people don't think this night we're talking about it today. I'm hearing it all day on radio. Let me tell you something now. If they're going to Green Bay this week, Dallas. You've got to believe that they're going to be watching everything now. And anything that goes wrong. And Des Bryant, you stay on the stay on the bench with your helmet all, all off, okay? You know, you st- you stay on the on, on. Don't go on the field, with the helmet off. They missed that one too. That's fifteen yards. <laughs> that is. So so so, if you go to Green Bay doing that, they're going to be watching every move you make, Dallas. And I believe that this past game at it, it, it Jerry World is going to have effect because come back to haunt the Cowboys. Well, I just I mean, believe. You think
0: that, uh, especially? I mean they talk about wanting to get the calls right all season long. Uh, That's why they do the, you know, we have the uh, instant replay and the the, the referees kind of huddle up sometimes to discuss things. You would think that that attitude and that, uh, you know, desire to get things right completely would be at even a higher standard during playoffs.
9: Yeah, I I think the the pass interference turned no pass interference call. That was a function of the fact that these guys – have gotten so used to talking to each other over their headsets over the last few years because you know the the actual referee the white cap he's got the 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 microphone that talks to the PA system right. so he can talk to the TV and the stadium and everything everybody else the other refs all have headsets to talk to each other though so they don't huddle up as much as they used to so right. i think that you know by the time by the time that you know this would have come out while they were all still talking to each other, before the referee had a chance to address the crowd or march anything off or anything, it just, the technology, I think, kind of short circuited the whole process that's in this looked, particular one. And it looked really bad yeah, as a yeah. result. Yeah. But, you know, ultimately, you know, they, they made the right call. It wasn't pass interference, it should have been, you know, something else. But, uh, what about he, him? Wasn't, he wasn't
7: playing the ball. That's why it's pass interference. Right, yeah. that, 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 that's why he didn't play the ball. I mean, look, you, you just can't run into a receiver with your back turned to the to the quarterback. You got you got to position yourself and turn around and then defend. You just can't defend without turning it around. That's the rule. Man. That's, just, the, only that's just the rule. You know what I mean? And then and then then it was two other blatant. It was two blatant. They, look, they were two. There were other two blatant penalties there. That everybody said you're going to miss. So you're going to miss some calls. That happens in every game. Right. But the but the Blake ones was was dominant. Sue and uh Brian. Right and and Brian. Brian. Yeah, exactly. exactly. He he ran he ran he damn he damn ran to the middle of the field with the helmet off. You yep. can't do that. No. Right there. I mean, look. Right there. I mean, look. You had look. You had two penalties right there. That's thirty yards. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and you know, and, and me, you know, always say, well, you know, I've been in games with refs, you know, missing on collegiate and professional level, and But that was crazy. That was blatant. That's why everybody's up and arms. That's why, and believe me, believe me, I believe when you get to the rules committee this year, in all season, they're going to address all of that. If you come off that field with that helmet off, penalized fifteen yards. If 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 if, if they, they're going to use this as a model with the referees, see that, see this play here. That's 15 yards. You see what they did, a dominant suit. You know, you don't like a dominant suit, and politically and everything and, and stuff, you know, they probably gave the, the Dallas Whoa. offensive line, uh, you know, you know, you know, one for the road. But the bottom line is they're going to study this stuff because they're going to have that on film. Okay? Said, no, you've got to call this. That's blatant. See, me term talking as a former player, what I saw, I saw three blatant calls. And I saw one call. I saw, I saw two calls on the same play wait a minute, man, come on. The rule is, if you got a helmet off on the field, that's that's a penalty. There's no excuses for that, period. You know, I know he was emotional and so stuff. Hey, man, you have your emotions in check? Don't come on the field. Oh, by the way, when you linebacker, you need to drill some more. You can't defend and slap a kid upside the head with your back turned to the quarterback. Yeah. Okay, that's a flaw. That's major. So, uh, that's my take on it, and I believe they would play flawless football in 20-degree weather up there in Green Bay because if not, I believe all the benefit of the doubt of the border calls will go Green Bay's way because people are pissed off about that game. They don't really feel that they beat Detroit fair and square. Now, a lot of people felt that they were up and, and blew the score and they could have scored more touchdowns, but a lot of people believe that they got robbed. And I believe, like I told you, I see, like I like, like I told you, I see miss. I'm seeing miss calls all the time. But those calls, those calls were blatant. There's other stuff about him on the party bus. I don't know about that. The league needs to address that too. If they're saying that this guy does this with every team in the league, well, so it's really yeah, ironic. Everybody pins up. It, it. Everybody's everybody's TMZ reported it. So you know, TMZ. I don't know how they get the information, but for some reason, the reason they they reported this is because it was some disparaging. In what him he was doing on the bus? Because if not, because they know what he was doing with the other teams, but there's something special about this thing is why TMZ was reported it because they don't report it unless it's a widespread.
0: Well, it's interesting. You, you mentioned, we mentioned on uh, and Sue, and you know he says, I think you're uh, going to give Conrad Dobler a, a run for his money as being considered the dirtiest player in pro football. But uh, you know the thing is. Uh, he was uh, he was tackled. He was tackled. They missed that one. So sometimes, yeah. Uh, sometimes when you already got a, a name for yourself as being a being an evil guy, they're gonna let those go by. But like you said, if you if you scratch that, if you scratch the uh, the pass interference, you still have uh, uh, you know what's the name running on the field without a helmet. So
7: you got two blade. You know, you, those are two blatant uh, penalties, man. I mean, there, there's no way of getting around that. You my, know, my only, only hope around? is
9: that you know. Obviously, we have a different crew for this weekend's game. I hope that there is no lingering mentality or, God forbid, any informal directive from above to somehow correct the misdeeds of last week's crew right. because, because it, I, I don't think that has any place in the game. You know, I, I, I hope that the refs try think, to make I the think. best call every single time in this game, and I hope that Green Bay doesn't get any benefit of the doubt as a result of it. I don't give a flying fuck who wins the game. I just, I really, I really don't think that you know an, this week's crew or either team should have any any lingering effects from what last week's referee crew did. So but
0: the bottom line well, here, is, but that's this, my that's my we, idealistic we, we, side. We, we, it doesn't come say, out very we often. We say a so. lot, AD. We we, we we like to say a lot is if uh, if your win or loss depends on one call, then you really didn't do your job all game long.
7: Cause yeah. Well, that's true, but you got to remember when you have three blatant calls. See, I see one call and it could be questionable. You talk about three blatant calls. I mean, they're on film. It just but the guy had his arm all around Sue's neck and dragging him down. Then you had a guy going the defensive thing straight ahead, and no, 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 no attempt to at turn him around, who baffled and pushed the guy and stuff all up in his face, and the balls in the air. That's blatant. Then you have a guy come off the bench with no helmet. He, he, he's 15 yards on the field with no helmet on. That's blatant. So, I mean, I see one little, I can see, you know, here and there, but three calls like that, I ain't buying that as a former player. I ain't buying it.
10: What do you everybody,
7: I've talked, everybody I've talked to agrees with me. So, I'm just saying, yeah, you, we don't hope what's going to happen up, in, up there in Lambeau Field, but I'm going to tell you right now, those referees are going to be scrutinized. They're going to be on top of them. The league's going to be on top of them. And I'm gonna tell you, if it's gonna be some borderline stuff. I say, in in my experience, what I've seen as a as a former player, Dallas gonna be on the right side of the cause. If not, it's going Green Bay's way. <laughs> what, are your, uh, what are your
0: thoughts on the on the coaching changes? Uh, you know, a lot of guys uh, did that right after the uh, <laughs> right after the season ended. Some some of the games they hadn't even gotten guys hadn't even got off the field yet. Guys were getting uh, axed. Uh, you know, you, you uh, what's the name? Left San Francisco for Michigan. Uh, he was, you know, he was gone anyway. Uh, there's some, uh, you He know, said
9: Rex Ryan already had his office cleaned out, uh, yeah. Rex, before yeah, Rex the, Ryan. Has before the last before
0: kickoff. <laughs> 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 uh,
7: uh, 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 you know, well, you the know. thing is, you know, as, as we know, we live, we you know, we see a recycle, we see look, we we live in a, football today is recycle cultures. I mean, the now they got some few. You know, as a character, I mean, it's, it's like okay, it's like musical chairs. Okay, Rex is gonna get a job. He's gonna be somewhere. He probably do the defense corps. You got a lot of open. and brought the NFL I heard, back. I heard he's
0: actually. Uh, he was interviewing for. Uh, for Buffalo. A major, oh right? no! And, and, and Was it Buffalo
7: too? Atlanta.
0: TMZ. He's had two. He's had two head coach interviews. But you're right. He might end up as a defensive coordinator. But he's had two head coach interviews.
7: Well, of course, he's going to be interviewed. Everybody everybody that's out there, they're going to interview him all. You know I mean? They're recycling these guys. And there's a few guys out there that these organizations are looking at. I mean, I'm, I'm going to tell you, Harvard coming from San Francisco, going to Michigan, and he'll turn it around. It's going to take him a little time. He'll turn it around, I believe. Again, you know, that's all getting the talent too. So, man, I, but I, also, I don't think
9: he's a lifer there, though. I I give him five years
7: in in Ann Arbor before he. I, and I NFL agree. And I believe. Get... Son, man, he's come back. But I believe, but I believe that the Big Ten is having a tough time getting competing with the Alabamas and the Seas and the Florida State, all them Southern schools and the West Coast teams. You know, to suck those kids out of the South and suck these out of the West Coast, up up in Ann Arbor and Michigan. I, but I think that that Urban Meyer has the pulse on the recruiting of that of that part of the country. Oh, I mean, yeah. you know, it's it, it just... He made
0: a statement. Urban Meyer is happy to see uh, uh, Harbaugh show up because he thinks that will breathe will also help breathe life back into that conference.
7: Well, the, the, the pedigree the pedigree of Hallberg is going to Michigan. That would definitely suck some kids up there because of what he's done at all these other schools in San Francisco. And that's what I believe. I believe that's what Michigan's hoping on, the fact that he's a former player, with his success in, you know, UC San Diego, Stanford, you know, San Francisco, and now Michigan. They're depending on a lot of that he can get them home, keep those homegrown kids there. But also get some diamonds in the rough coming from this part of the country. I think his biggest battle is getting those other kids from different parts of the country. And I think that if if, if Ohio State wins this national title, it's this gonna be tougher for them to get kids up there, you know, at, at Michigan. That's my opinion. I could be totally wrong. But Harper's a good coach. and I think he'll turn around. And I think and I agree that the fact that I don't know if he's going to be there 3 to 5 years. I mean, I don't I don't know. I think he might be right back in the NFL just the fact that he had that Super Bowl ring in front of him. I think he wants to go back and get that and compete with his brother. I think he should I think his brother should throw him a bone
9: and make him the uh waterboy coordinator. He looked really good in purple on the sideline the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. That was ridiculous. Not his, uh, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of purple in football. <laughs> the,
0: the, uh, what do you call it, the purple people leaders from uh, Minnesota? Uh, what do you think about the bowl games, man? We, we, we saw a lot of bowl games since we last spoke and uh, uh, you and I have talked. Uh, uh, there's all these, these, all these kind of sideline bowl games with empty stands and and yeah, you know, they can't even they can't even pan the stands. You know they got to be really uh, really strict, tight shots. strategic with those yeah. shots. Uh, and you got teams that you never heard just of. Cut or the top of the helmets <laughs> off. Of you don't but want to see, see some, the empties. Exactly. You see some teams that uh, had something to prove. TCU had something to prove. What were your thoughts on all these bowl games?
7: That just goes to tell. That just goes to say what, what what I've always said. You need in full fledged actual playoffs. Okay, you create more interest. You create more corporate money. You know, these guys are putting these bowl games on. They don't travel well. The people don't come. And you see, what like you said, the tight span, they're not showing the crowds. So the people are not traveling well. You know, they're not doing that. You know, it's because you throw a bowl together. You don't take the public for granted because you're going to get the, the public money like that, just throwing any bowl together. Now. You know, you need a full-play of playoff. that changes the whole scene of college football. That's why you got to have it. You see what's going on with the with, with the top four teams and the, the kind of crowd interest. it wasn't the people interested in those. Playoff. If you had a full fledged team, you eliminated some of these balls. Now, if you want to have these ball games, you can have them. see the second place, third teams up with those 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 bowls, the UPI Do Bowl and the Soap Bowl, whatever you're them. Then then you put some significance on these bowls if you had a full fledged playoff. You know, so you know there's some decent teams, but decent games, but the bottom overall the the system saturated with these unnecessary bowls. The only way you can improve the bowl scene, you got to have a full, full national playoff.
9: Situation. I just think it's clear from the results of the bowl games thus far that the SEC had no place in the playoff. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I agree. I agree. Season. I agree.
9: Every year is different. That's my. That's been my point for friggin' seven years now. This whole. This is the well, best conference. It's like, dude, every year it's different teams. No one of these. No team out of 120, 124, however many Division One A FBS teams is the exact same roster year to year. I mean, it's it's just comical. And I thought well, it was funny we heard he got, you know, they, the they stopped being system, able to ram the, the...
7: Under the current system, everything is set up. The SEC overall is still the best conference so far. That's their pedigree in what they've established uh, over the last seven years. Now, now, you you can't, know, can't use
9: anything in college football over a seven-year period, though. Even if you get a red, medical redshirt, you only get six years. Nobody yeah, that I, was playing college football seven years ago is still playing college football. It's a different argument. I'm sorry. Talking I got about, worked up for a second. Go ahead. I'm
7: talking about. I'm talking about overall just success and winning. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm. 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 I'm just saying. If you want to abolish all that kind of crap, then you got to have. You got to have what you got coming this year. A semi 12 thing going right now.
0: You're re- you're really low, Ad. We can barely hear you.
7: Can you hear me now? There we go. There we go. Yeah. Well, the thing is, a, a full-fledged playoff system changes all of that. And I'm telling you how a snowball affects everything in all these conferences. You'll stop all that. You saw what happened. Now no, SC, no SEC teams in the playoff. So that should tell you things are changing. On that one given day, look what happened. Oregon and Ohio State. They didn't talk about Ohio State until they until they, fortunately, put TCU out. But, 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 but look, at, look who's standing up in the, in the final game, Ohio State. Versus Oregon, so they so they put a hole in, in that whole SEC thing this year. It just it just it just abolished everything. That's why you got to go all the way, not partially all the way. What
0: do you think? All happened, this, what do you think happened in the Ohio State Alabama game?
7: I just think I just think here's the deal, and I've said this, and I've and I've, I've said this to you, Keith. First of all. I think, first of all, the combination of Saban and Kiffin coaching offensively had a problem with them all year, even though it caught up with them in that, that game. I think the fact that Urban Myers knew it, and he countered that with all his adjustments during the game, and you can't have a Saban's offense with a Lane Kiffin offense. You can't do it. It's got to be his way or Kiffin's way. And I believe what they were doing affected the whole team. And I, and I for what I understand from certain sources, is that they sort of clashed during the year in terms of what they should run. And I know he wanted that up-tempo thing. I think he's going to go back to what Lou Saban's got him where he is. And, you know, and, and you can't change when you, you can't – look, if, 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 if it's not broke, don't change it because he was winning. I believe that's what happened. I believe that some of the, the, the internal faults of the Alabama offensive system with the, the, with the coaching ability of Urban Meyer is why they beat him. And don't get me wrong now. Notre Alabama could have beat him, but Urban Meyer, whenever they did, he, he countered. And when he recounted, it worked. And, 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 and that's why he's successful. And he did it with a third-string guy with lack of experience. So that right there told me a lot about Urban Meyer and his coaching ability. With a kid that was in it, he was a stud. He, they call him 12 games. He's 6'5", 250 pounds. And, and I'm telling you, the head of the snake was, was good enough to beat Alabama. Because normally, in a circumstance like that, with your third string of guy in there, Alabama blows them off the field. But, but
9: tell me this, though. Three, four years ago, an Alabama team down two touchdowns with two minutes to go in the game, would they have a prayer? Would they even get to the point where a Hail Mary would get them to a tie? No. They were. The, you yeah, remember I- when they beat? Remember when they beat uh, LSU 21 to 0 or 21 to 6 right. or whatever. 21 yeah. points. It was painful to watch 21 points get rung. That was squeezing blood out of a rock. I mean, yeah. this is a team that's been offensively inept for for his entire tenure. I mean, they had they've had a, a Heisman run, Heisman Trophy winning running back, but that didn't ex, didn't change the fact that they maybe averaged 28 points a game over over you know most of Saban's time there they scored 35 or 34 in this in this championship game and they could have scored a lot more they left some points out there i don't know i don't think kiffin i don't think the offense was the problem in this game i think that the defense was the the bigger failing i mean the fact that they they let a third string quarterback do that to him and they let a running back who had never had a 200-yard game in his career do that to him but
7: well, let me let me let me take t- 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 the pedigree of Glenn Kiffin, and I know you probably don't see what I see as a former player, but when you're in there, sometimes three and out with that tempo game, mm-hmm. three and out, and doing that flex up and trying to spread it close. See, Saban is a ball control guy. Kiffin is a flex, spreadsheet guy, hurry up tempo guy. Not so much like Oregon, but that's what. And you can't combine and combine blend what those two are doing. So if you're doing something wrongly, ineffective offensively, that's going to affect your defense. You see, and so he's he's used to a ball control game, play action ball, to run you down your throat. That's what makes Saban successful. Well, Kip has never had that. He's he's been in touch. He's been involved with, with with Pete Carroll, and that's where his success comes. But if he's been on his own, let's see what happened there. Oakland, what happened there? Tennessee, what happened there? He just he came in Alabama riding high with with the pedigree of the Alabama roll tie. And he got involved. And if what I understand is he savings, I could be wrong, wanted the up tempo thing. And I think you'll see next year he's gonna go back to what made got him there. And you know, and you know, I agree with what you said, but you know, they could have put more points on the board, but I what I say as a former player, that you can't blend those two type of offenses there. That's when one of them has been proven. Well, satan has been proven. That's all I'm saying. All
0: right, brother, tell us a little bit about Del Frisco before we get out
7: of here. Man, let me tell you something about Del Frisco's. Went in there, saw a guy by the name of Angel. He gave me one of these big T-bone steak things. I don't know if it's rich for talk, but it was a hundred bucks. But the meat was so big and so good, and the bone was sticking out. I almost had to kiss him. It was taste so good. <laughs> you know me i'm not going because i like them females but i ain't but that, that food was so good and the thing is about about the whole thing has some nice people here, nice ladies and they have one there on, on lake in, in in pasadena they have one in irvine it's irvine spectrum i'm telling you you got to go down there and see angel he he touches huh <laughs> <I'm> angels the. A- <laughs> Angel is the chief chef there, man. He walked out and I walked in. He recognized me. His father was there. He had a he had a birthday party for his father. I signed some autographs with his father. And his see, his, was it was it was it was Angel Senior, Angel Junior, and Angel the Third. But it was Angel Senior's birthday, and I and I was honored to meet his family, and and I had my, my uh, had my girl there, and uh, we were sitting there at the booth. We were winding and dine and taking care of like we're Royalty, but when that meat came out, that T-bone, man, I tell you, I wanted to steal everything he had back there. It would taste so good. <laughs> well, Andy, <laughs> that's not, yeah, that's awesome, brother. Hey, well,
0: we're gonna have to check out Del Frisco's on your dime.
7: <laughs> well, we can we, 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 we can arrange that. <laughs> <laughs> we can arrange that. All right, All right but, uh, and, but let me go ahead. But 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 before we get off the phone now, who do we have right. on Monday? Who's your pick? Well, uh, hey, T-Bow's. Your... t uh We'll, we'll go
0: run. we we'll take it around the horn, as they
7: say on uh, on the uh, worldwide. Uh, well, I'm going to. I'm going to Ohio State.
9: Uh, I think that it's going to be uh, as much as Ohio State's riding some nice momentum right now. I don't see anybody stopping Oregon. Uh, this, this week.
0: And, you know, I'm I, going, I, I, I'm, I'm going to Oregon too. I mean, these guys are scoring, you know, in 20, 28, 32 seconds of, you know, drives and, and, and this, right. like, once they get, once they get rolling, man, they these guys are in high gear and they've been doing it all year. So it's not like they get winded. Their Here, he,
9: here's the only thing that gives me any misgivings about it. Oregon benefited from five third quarter turnovers from Florida state. Florida State just did their best to hand the ball to him over and over and over again. Ohio State did almost the same thing for Alabama in the first quarter. Ohio State said, here, here's the ball, go score. Here, here's the ball again, go score. And then they figured out a way to come back from it. So Ohio State, that's a mentally tough team with a coach who knows how to get through this kind of stuff. Uh, if anybody can, can withstand the tide that is Oregon, it's them. But I still think Oregon's got the edge. Peter. Okay. Well, I think. All right, uh,
7: you know something. If 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 uh, if uh, if your pick is right,
0: we got we got one more pick here. Andy, hang on a second. Go ahead,
2: Peter. I think uh, I think if this game had taken place like the next day, you know, or you know, two three days later, I would definitely go with Oregon. I think they're the the hot team
10: and they're in the uh-huh. zone.
2: But I I think Ohio's going to win, and I think it's going to be because. Uh, I think Oregon is going to – they're just going to – they're going to overthink it. They're you gonna, think they're
9: going to shit the bed? Yep.
2: yep. I, mean, I didn't want to say it that way, but I think that's essentially what's going to happen. They're just going to be like, oh, my God, here we are, and they're going to crap themselves. And Ohio's been there a long time, many times.
0: I've been there since Woody Hayes been around. I know. They're going to – I think
2: they're going to do it.
7: I'm going to be pulling for Oregon I just – you know, I'm, 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 I'm basing my pick on Urban Myers. I'm not – I mean, nothing – I mean, I just – I just think the man adjusts well and stuff. I think I think the, the speed game uh, with with that. I think I think they'll have plenty of time to st- study them. I think and I think and I think the X factor for Ohio State is twelve games. That's what I think the X factor. I think he's going to be a big surprise for Oregon. That's what I think. That's and I think man, they're going to learn plan. from Florida State situation. But that's me. And you know everybody. you know, but the, you know the, all the bells and whistles are pretty enough spreading you out and, 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 and up temple. That's what everybody's hooked on, but I'm not hooked on that.
0: Well, you, you you know, dude, Nike, man, you should be you should be back in Oregon. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, Nike actually, <laughs> Nike has
9: Ohio State too. Nike <laughs> had Alabama, and Nike also had Florida State. <laughs> so <laughs> they're Nike
7: schools. Nike's, I mean, you Nike know, I talk, had
9: All four of the playoff teams. All right, all so.
7: right. I like he got them all. So <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm not, I'm you know, I'm not, and you know, you know who knows? And guess what? Oregon could blow blow them right out. Well, you know, I you mean, anything, can, anything, you know, anything I can happen, but I'm saying, but for consistent, I'm going to go with Ohio State. Well, one thing
0: before we wrap it up, one thing I, I do have to say, I agree with Peter, uh, and, and I mentioned this before, the, the time between these games is ridiculous. It's 13 days. Really. Oh, God, yeah.
7: Come on, yeah. Absolutely. That's the, and that's another reason you need a full-fledged playoff system, because of the time. The time screws you up. Mm-hmm. Look, players don't – some – look, it, it, look, when I played in the Rose Bowls after after the vacancy, that time off screwed me up. It, t- it took me one quarter to get my act together. Yeah. Yeah. See, you know, so so the time off is is not good. That's why you got to stay consistent and flow. Some coaches can keep their teams focused, some can't. Urban Myers is good with that. Okay, Pete Carroll was great with that. There's only a few coaches can keep their teams focused, both physically and mentally. So that's that's another reason. There's, there's 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 things in why you know I'm I'm doing what I'm doing. You know, and I could be totally off. Base. And let me and let me tell you something, guys. If Oregon wins, it's AD. You need to stop smoking wherever you're smoking. <laughs> or you need to share it with us. <laughs> and then it it Oregon and, and, and if Ohio State wins. I need to thank you guys and have you have a good meal for you. Yeah, that's right. You know. oh,
3: okay.
0: All right. <laughs> it's right, right, like brother, a win-win. As, as always, right. man, it's a pleasure, and, and uh, we'll have plenty to talk about next week. Thanks uh, a lot, man, and we'll, we'll be talking soon, man.
7: Okay, take care. That's take next care. week. Great, Andy.
0: Anthony Davis. You're listening to Swoops, on the Radio Network. Take a quick break. Come back for a little bit of T-Bones timeout. This is Mark Platts. Go get it done. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the bike. Here in the grass where the kids left me a while ago. Could you get the dust off my seat and remind the kids how fun I still am?
4: Okay. Oh, you are
8: dusty.
1: I may need my spokes tightened, too. Let's go.
8: As Native American parents and caregivers, our encouragement to healthy lifestyles for our kids is helping them get outside and play. Get ideas. Get involved. Get going at letsmove.gov slash Indian Country. Brought to you by USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council.
6: Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow, now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the internet. Let TalkStream Live transform the way you listen to radio. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store.
1: You're listening to the TalkStory Radio Network.
2: Hey, this is John Gannon, and I just had the greatest time on Swoop's World here.
0: That sound! It's time for sports with T-Bone's timeout, or as we say it here, it's T-Bone's timeout.
9: Uh, my goodness, 20, 2015. 2015, Who, 2015, who knew? <laughs> I, honestly, I,
0: it's
9: it's a shock to me each and every day Shocked at this point.
0: It's, I what a surprise
9: every day. <laughs> what? You know, I, I have a really good friend who I used to live with. A guy, and he he just turned thirty a couple of days ago. How'd you and, break up? He <laughs> 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 cut me real deep, man.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
9: the funny thing is, like his his girlfriend had planned this whole uh, surprise birthday party for him with the help of his mom. And then, the night before his surprise birthday party, he surprises his girlfriend by proposing to her. <laughs> and she was legitimately pissed. <laughs> like, you fucked everything up. But in a good way, like, thank you, I guess. You know. After she paced around for a few minutes, I guess. <laughs> but, um, gosh darn it. He's a guy that we never thought would make it to 25, though. Like even just the most mm-hmm. self-destructive tendencies. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like this dude loves to jump off of high, high places. And oh, that's nothing wrong with that. No, nothing at all. But you know, we all kind of figured like, who is his life insurance beneficiary? Yeah. <laughs> Rochambeau for <laughs> it. <laughs> how, how can I get my name on there? <laughs> Push it, go for it, dude. <laughs> and you know, like our, my other, you know, you know, bro. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Jabra, Jabra at one point was like, I made you my life insurance beneficiary. And I was like, dude, you can't do that. Because <laughs> I, I am never going to not tell you to do something anyway. And then I'm going to feel bad. Like when you say, should I jump off of this? And I say yes. And then you die and I get money. I'm going to be like, oh, that's blood money. Dirty I, money. I feel
0: bad about collected next
9: year. <laughs> uh, dirty money. But, uh, yeah, man. Uh, this This 2015 thing. Like I said... You know, we've got we got cars that drive themselves, drive themselves, you know, Google and Toyota and these other folks. They have them. Real people aren't allowed to have them yet, no. but you know, they exist. they exist. There are hoverboards, there are shoes that lace themselves up. Uh, there's a baseball team in Miami, you know. Back to the future is here in a lot of ways. It's crazy. That,
0: beard that tastes like mermaid pussy.
9: Mermaid pussy, man. There's no getting around it. Mm-hmm. I, I
0: don't know
9: if uh... I don't know if that was in Back to the Future. Maybe, maybe the part where he's dancing with his mom. It was the under-the-sea dance, wasn't it? It was, it was. Oh, my God. 2015, 1955, it's all there. Ah! Oh, this is just... Fly. Oh, man. This is just terrifying. But, uh, yeah, dude. We've had bowl games. We've had uh, one round of the NFL playoffs. We have a bunch of uh, NBA games that don't mean anything, including tonight's... Call it whatever you want to call it in the Staples Center. Uh, apparently, it was a Clippers home game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess it's good that they won in the fashion they did then. They won it's at home. home. They did.
0: They
9: them. Yeah, it was. It was funny. I was driving here and I still had. It was on. I had my radio on seven ten. To
0: this undisclosed location. To this studio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and,
3: <laughs> real quick. Michael.
0: I, I used to work at this white place, right? And uh, on the corner, there's just like this building, right? So when I went to the, like last year when I met Britt Br- Br- Michelle uh, uh-huh. at this event, this uh, the corner which I drove by and walked by a million times is this recording studio. And you look inside, and they got all these people who recorded there over the years. I mean, like Fleetwood Mac, you know, you name like Guns N' Roses. All these people have recorded there. But you, it doesn't. It doesn't look like anything from the outside, much like this undisclosed location here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody would know the immense
2: effect we're having on the world. <laughs> That's happening right here, right, here, right, right now. now. <laughs> there'll probably be documentaries about ten years, yeah, twenty yeah, well, years from yeah, now. Yeah, exactly.
10: Exactly.
2: will uh, be, you know. Well,
9: well I I, know. I was listening to the to the Lakers Clippers game on the way here tonight. And there were five minutes left in the second quarter. And Michael Thompson and John Ireland were just, I mean, they were already disgusted at the level of play of both teams with five minutes left in the second quarter. And the Clippers were up like 12 or 13 Hmm. at the time. John Ireland was stumbling over his words like, Jeremy Lin has fallen down twice now. Just falling down so that Chris Paul can pull up and shoot a three-pointer. And all I could think of was not a a visual of Jeremy Lin falling down, but of Kobe a few days prior screaming at him to foul. Screaming and screaming and screaming at Jeremy Lin to foul. And finally saying, fuck it, and running up and fouling the guy himself. (laughs) (laughs) It was just like, that is... And that was one thing where I thought, like, okay, this is what people who call to- call Co- call Kobe a ball hog don't get. It's not that he is a selfish player. It's just that, like, he really does try to get the other players <laughs> on the team to do things don't do it, in a basketball <laughs> fashion. But when they don't, he just says, all right, I'm going to do it myself. Um, and that was just hilarious. I mean, I, done, I, right? I saw you. it, like, five times on SportsCenter without the audio. Because I was watching it at Ashley's parents' house, and uh, you know we were having like a Christmas dinner part two because they were they were in Hawaii for that, and I'm like leaning over to look at the TV. The sound is off, and I'm like, "Oh man, this is awesome."
0: <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? I think he's gonna. I think I think he'll finish his career as a player coach. Kobe. Yeah.
9: Where? As an assistant to Byron Scott cuz Byron Scott's not leaving after well, this before, year and Kobe's not playing next
0: year. Before your day there's a guy named I mean, Bill Russell, I think he uh-huh. finished his career as a player coach.
9: Uh-huh.
0: I I, I, I think Kobe could probably he could probably fit that, though.
9: But how many how many places do you think a guy can do that? How many places uh, in? You
0: can do it in Boston.
9: Well, if you're <laughs> Bill Russell. <laughs>
0: yeah.
9: If you're Bill Russell, you can do it in Boston. <laughs> yeah. Kobe can't coach the Lakers next year because the one thing that Jim Buss will not do is demote Byron Scott no. and promote Kobe. No.
0: Um, but and I he's got to give Scott some time. See, yeah, what they've done in recent years as Lakers, they haven't given these guys really uh, – a couple of these coaches never really had enough time to develop. Oh, absolutely.
9: That. I think Mike Brown got absolutely trapped He got, he got hosed, Yeah. Man. I think D'Antoni, I think it was just the wrong fit. I yeah, think, honestly, yeah, he, he never should have gone there in the first no, place. He,
0: his style of basketball was yeah. a fit with the talent that they had
9: there. Yeah. Yeah. Or with the desires of management or the fans. I mean, yeah. it was just all in all, it was a bad fit. Um, but I don't know. I, I feel like a, a player coach could still happen in the NBA today, in today's NBA. But it would have to happen in a place like Oklahoma City or Milwaukee. Or, uh, you know, I, I don't Long think. Remark. Yeah, it's have to, it, That's the kind of thing that's not going to fly in L. A. or in New York or Chicago. Uh, I don't think a guy can handle those responsibilities and be able to stick his middle fingers up to the media day in and day out and say, "I'm in charge. I get to do in what I sport? want." Yeah, because <laughs> I think I think that Pete Rose, you know, he was a. Uh, I mean, he was, Can you think of a more recent example of a player coach in modern American professional sports? I can't. Um, and I think that he did it and you know, had marginal success at it because of his mentality and also because of his position in society where he hey, was. Listen,
0: well, you're playing for Mark shot. Yeah. <laughs> I am not the worst person out here. Ah, <laughs> I answer to the
4: head bitch in charge.
9: Eh. So uh, I can see it flying somewhere, uh, just not in L.A. Uh, maybe if Seattle gets a team again. You can go up there.
0: That's right.
9: They're supposedly building an arena now. Finally. No, no, I, I, am We're talking about yeah. Baloncesto, you know. Yeah, I got you. Uh, right. it's all right. Yeah. Yeah, in Oklahoma, right? case Oklahoma, yeah, in Oklahoma, the OKC Thunder decide to move back. To being mm-hmm. faster than the speed of sound, instead of just uh, being just, sound. Just
0: another, another, another Microsoft, Microsoft billionaire. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs>
9: yeah, I mean look, Paul Allen, he still owns the Seahawks, mm-hmm. but uh, Ballmer owns the and Clippers. The Clippers. Yeah. Bill Gates has just given all his money to, you know, circumcising African kids yeah. or something. <laughs> <you know? laughs> harvesting mosquito larva for god he, he knows what no yeah i don't he, think so he, when you look he, at the he, picture he, of the he, original he, microsoft he, group <laughs> it's a miracle that two of those guys had enough interest in professional sports to buy a team i mean <laughs> you look at that picture and it's like really
0: the, 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 shock the odds of, that even one of them was Oh God! <laughs> this hot team wants to get into the game? <laughs> uh, I
9: don't think we're in any danger of well, the Waz buying a sports that. team. All right, uh, regret, so. <laughs> no, I, I mean, hey, I could see a, you know some Apple exec buying like a MLS team. You know, it's countercultural. Like wear women's <laughs> jeans and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Curling. curling. Yeah, exactly. But
3: uh, <laughs> I, <see
9: that. laughs> I mean, the Waz. Maybe maybe if professional pong becomes a thing you'd buy a, you'd buy a player or two. Uh, yeah, the the Lakers they they got shellacked today. Yes, you and you know, that's gonna be a recurring theme this season. Uh I don't
3: not
9: know. just by clippers. No, no, not just by them. Um, you know, the last week of the NFL regular season was a difficult one for me.
0: Yeah, because you guys blew your chance to go to the... Well, uh, you don't like to say uh, us, but... Like, I don't the like team, the we chi- thing, the team but yeah. The you, you cheer for, yeah. it had, it was all, all they had to do was win.
9: The Chargers were the only AFC team in a win-and-in situation. The Steelers and the Bengals were already both in the playoffs. It was just a matter of who was the division winner and who was the, the wild card. Um, the Chargers had to go play at Arrowhead against Kansas City, and... Just, just brutal. The I don't, I don't like the injuries excuse. I don't like it one bit. But when you're on your fourth starting center in a season, that (laughs) makes it pretty tough for a immobile quarterback. The
0: the third one went down during the game. Yeah, yeah.
9: And he was a rookie. the 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 guy who The guy who played the rest of the game at center. Was a young guy who had only played like three games at guard. I think. I mean, it was just a bad, bad deal. Um, Do
0: you think Gates is coming back
9: next year? God, I hope so. I think that that guy, his game is ageless. Like, I mean, he, and I think part of it is just his body is fluid in ways that other other players aren't. Like, he he has a a grace and a command of his physical person that most people just never will.
0: You know, the two of them remind me of when Fouts and Winslow were there. Yeah. Yeah, it's similar. Uh, the chemistry, chemistry between them, the chemistry. yeah. yeah exactly.
9: And, you know, they I think they this season they set the record for most touchdown passes between a quarterback and a tight end in, in NFL history. And Antonio Gates has just, I don't know, he, he came out of nowhere. You know, he, he played basketball in college.
0: Much like Gonzalez.
9: And he... Uh, he plays a position that's difficult to play well. And he manages to do a lot of things that are asked of him fairly well. And one thing incredibly well, which is get open and catch the ball.
0: But you notice the guys who are really good at, at tight end, like Tony Gonzalez, mm-hmm. and Rob Gronkowski, and Antonio Gates. Those guys, like you said, a lot, they, they have to be able to block. Yeah. They have to be able to... Get open. And they
9: have to be able to block the nastiest motherfuckers on, on the, the field. field. Exactly. They yeah. don't just have to, like, oh, oh there's a linebacker who's going to half ass blitz and then drop into coverage. No. They're blocking Lawrence Taylor uh-huh. every, every time they get in a three point stance. It's like, block this guy just long enough and then go release and get leveled and hopefully catch the ball in the process. But
0: I think what makes a good, great tight uh, end these days. Is the fact that a lot of those guys did play basketball because they they use a lot of that basketball positioning. You yeah, know? They yeah it's to, a lot of yeah. it's a
9: lot of boxing out and back shoulder exactly. type stuff yeah. and you know use use all of this yeah. you know get your get yourself make yourself big yeah. you know and that's it's it, the guy's just amazing I mean like I said he's the, he's one of the most fluid athletes I've ever seen and every time I see him it's a funny thing that I even think of this but. When I was in ninth grade, my high school had a security guard who also was an assistant freshman football coach. The guy was like 6 foot, probably 3'15", 330. Big dude. He could... He would get out on the field sometimes with us, barefoot, on the grass, and just... Jukas stupid like he could dunk I mean the guy was just It. it you could tell he I because I, our head coaches we had co-head coaches because it's freshman football right you know, they were like no oh, well, he, he went here 10 years earlier and he was you know 100 pounds lighter mm-hmm. and he could do all these things and make people look silly doing them he just he wasn't fast right. but he was just Everything he did was just butter, you know? And I picture, I see Antonio Gates do what he does, and I think, that, that's Loftus right there. Like, dude, this guy could, he just wasn't wasn't that fast. And then he got fat. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he could still do all this, like, the things I saw him do as a as, like, a fat guy. I'm like, oh, my God. What did this guy do when he was in shape? Like, yeah. holy crap. And I see Gates do this stuff all the time. I mean, he never looks like he's trying all that hard cuz he's just like, I don't have to sprint my ass off. I have to find the open space between all you idiots. Yeah. And then yeah, I don't I don't weird. have to I don't have to jump the highest. I have to jump at the right time. And like, I mean, he could jump higher than most of these guys and he's got longer arms than most of these guys. But it's not about doing it to the extreme. It's about doing it Perfectly, right. and he does it. He does everything perfectly. It's it's just amazing to watch. I you know who I mean, else was like
0: that, and it's unbelievable because this guy was not fast, but he was always open and always getting the first downs and scoring touchdowns. It was Chris Collinsworth. <laughs> Chris Collinsworth is as slow as molasses, but that guy was always freaking open, man. Mm-hmm.
2: And he didn't drop anything. If he was wasn't—he wasn't nearly as graceful as Gates. He no, 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 no no, 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 no. Yeah,
9: no, no. and and, 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 and I never once saw <laughs> Collinsworth play because by the time I was watching the NFL, he was not <laughs> he was playing was anymore. But, <laughs> but like all
2: elbows and knees. But you, yeah, and, and you can hear it. You can hear it when he talks. I
9: mean, he's—he's he's got a <laughs> lot of good things to say, and he's got a lot of smart insights into football. But everything he says, it's like, dude, you're an awkward motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you are just a. A, a gangly, awkward dude. Like and you can hear it in his I voice. Yeah,
0: but he and was all. It was. He was always there. There it is. is boom. Caught for a first down. You're like, how do he get up? He's the slowest guy in the field. How can you not guard this guy?
2: <laughs> <laughs> he's almost like he's invisible. Yeah. Until <laughs> the ball was there, he's like, oh, But he did one thing. You got to give him credit for too. Uh, well, a lot of them, but hands, man. That yeah. Guy, yeah. You didn't ever see if he got a hand on it. it's it's, it's, it's complete. It was pretty much hit. Yeah. I mean, it, it, he was so he was solid that way. Yeah. But he wasn't. There wasn't anything pretty about his game. That's for sure. Not like Gates. Gates is just like you say. I mean, he's butter, man. Yeah. He, yeah. he makes it look
9: easy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's it's a shame, you know, for a Chargers fan. It's a shame that that game ended the way it did. For a Chiefs fan, I guess it doesn't matter because they got played out uh, by Baltimore anyway. But. Um, A year, that I, I really thought that the Chargers had 10 wins in them this year, and I thought they let a couple games go. The, this game against the Chiefs, I felt like they got outplayed pretty much, start to finish. Um, but, you know, I, th- I felt like the opener, they gave the game away to, to Arizona. And at the time, it seemed like, well, you know, Arizona, we think that's going to be a good team. The char- they they the- started out like a good yeah, game team. Yeah, they won
0: three, three or four quarterbacks too.
9: Yeah, they, yeah. they went. Th- yeah, and that's a tougher place to to make mm-hmm. a change, and it showed. You know, come Sunday or Saturday, I guess. Um, but yeah, the whole AFC West uh, last year, three teams in the playoffs. This year, just the one, and we'll see how how long in the tooth. And uh, deep they go in the playoffs. Yeah, the the Denver Broncos. That is. So. They
0: play. They play.
9: Denver is playing against. uh, they They are no. I don't know. Denver's. They're playing either Baltimore or Indianapolis. So. Oh yeah, they play the Colts. Oh, so we get Peyton against Luck again. Yeah, that's good. You know. they played back in September, I know, because I went to a wedding on opening weekend on Sunday. Yes, someone got married on NFL opening <laughs> Sunday.
0: You can call it it. Some bride that's just <laughs> thrilled that you know that. <laughs> and you're like, I'm going to what? And we invited him, <laughs> why? Because
9: <laughs> I was engaged to the maid of honor. Because i
0: you're like, you're like, so what if I show up around
9: uh, uh <laughs> Thankfully one of the one of the people I sat next to, he's uh he <laughs> was his first day off in like two weeks. He's a sheriff. <laughs> He just had his phone out shamelessly. <laughs> shamelessly, like, I don't care, man. This is my this is my first day off in 12 days. It's NFL opening Sunday. I'm oh not supposed to be here. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I'm going to get in so much work, trouble for saying this. I used to work this. with a guy.
0: <laughs> I used to work with a guy. He said to like, his wife said to like, well, uh, we're going to go to church or whatever. He says. I worship at the church of the NFL. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'll catch you back up after January. <laughs> I said, oh, how'd that work out? He goes, oh, yeah, we've been married 30 years, so it's okay. <laughs> mm-hmm.
9: I, uh, I had a similar conversation with my grandma mm-hmm. last last Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> what church do you go to? Sunday? Uh, Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> D- D- baseball church pizza. of direct tv <laughs> <laughs>
3: and you know i mean
9: okay i don't know did we i don't know if we talked about this a few weeks ago or not but did you guys see the the commercial uh about buying nfl merchandise michael irvin is talking to the camera about buying counterfeit uh, or black market nfl merchandise maybe supporting uh Criminal enterprises and stuff like this. Did you see the commercial? Oh god, we'll YouTube it later. Um, But it's a—it's just there are just so many levels of irony in this whole thing. And you know, (laughs) if you buy NFL merchandise from a from a third party, unlicensed third party, you could be supporting a criminal enterprise and. I know that they really believe they've turned the corner and they're presenting their best foot. And, you know, everyone thinks the NFL is all a bunch of nice people that love everyone and you know would only do the right thing. But the general public still kind of feels like the NFL is a criminal enterprise unto itself, mm-hmm. and that's not even counting all of the ways that they've robbed municipalities blind over the last thirty years. Um, we're just talking about beating women right now, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it was Michael Irvin talking about all this. People. I could just see like a big, big smeared bit of white powder on his nose. Like, were there, were there police sirens the And then in the he he hold, he's holding, the up, he's <laughs> holding up an he's holding holding up an '88 jersey, yeah. and then he turns it around and he says Bryant, and it's like, oh wait, didn't he get in trouble with the law too? Like this last year, it's just comedy. Like, he's a Hall of Famer,
0: though. Man. He is. He is. <laughs> My favorite commercial right now is one with I believe it's Flutie, Bo Jackson. Walker and, and, Joe and Joe Montana. And they're all going, we got the Heisman, we got the Trill, we got the Trump. And he's sitting there with his fire rings and goes, hey, what did that get? You?
9: What,
4: a, <laughs> what an accomplishment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. rings Trump Heisman's, man. I say that all day long. <laughs>
9: <laughs> uh, we've got, I, I don't know, Mike. Peter's internet doesn't like me. Uh oh! It's all right. The it's studio, shy, the studio internet, it's not into me. But we've got uh, the Broncos and the Colts, which means we've also got the Bengals and the Patriots. Not the Bengals. I'm sorry. The Bengals can't win in the playoffs. No. We've got the <laughs> holy crap! the The Ravens and the Patriots. Ooh, that's a delicious little rematch possibility. In the NFC, who we and got? Dallas and
0: Green Bay. Uh huh.
9: And then Seattle. Seattle and Carolina. Oh.
0: Uh, Green Bay is at home. Seattle's at home. Denver's at home, and New England's at home. I like all of their odds to advance.
9: Yes, um,
0: but there will be an upset.
9: There will. The only one of those that I could honestly say would not be an upset. I I think that if Dallas goes in and wins in Green Bay, I don't really think I'd call that an upset. Um, even though it's tough to tough to win. Against the Packers at Lambeau. In the frozen tundra. In the frozen tundra. Uh, yeah, you can almost hear Chris Berman talking about it. <laughs> Rumbling, tumbling. <laughs> hey,
0: we lost Stuart Scott this week, right? Yeah, man. That, I like Stuart Scott.
9: I, I had mixed feelings about Stuart Scott as a broadcaster. But as, a human, like as a human being, I think, you know, how I think he he got he got a lot of things that most people don't. You know, he, he understood things, and I I think he was a very courageous broadcaster. I think he he kind of came in and flipped ESPN on his head in a lot of ways. You think? <laughs> um, some ways, you know, some of the things he did on the air weren't weren't my favorite, but you know, that's never gonna no one's ever gonna please everyone all the time anyway. Um, but I I, I, always I found him entertaining. Yeah, I think I think he was a breath of fresh air for yes. Uh, when he came in and became the anchor of SportsCenter, it was in danger of becoming stale to a point that it couldn't recover from. Um, and I, I give him credit for that uh, because the first gener the first couple generations of ESPN personalities, you know, Chris Berman had already moved on long since. You know, he was a niche guy by that point. Um, Dan Patrick wasn't even working for ESPN anymore. I don't think. Uh, you know, a whole bunch of other guys that were there in the beginning that kind of brought it to the stage it was at and then moved on and or, kind of or, boring or boring. got passed by. Yeah, it really did. And there were, there were, there were a good chunk of guys in between the right. It was like the nineties and Saturday night live. It's like, who the hell is that?
0: You know? <laughs> or the
9: right nows of Saturday night live, you know, but they're still waiting for somebody to come in and kind of yeah. bring them back to relevance. But
0: I, uh,
9: I, I liked, you know, the stuff that he said um, after he was diagnosed with cancer and was already already starting his treatments and everything—it's like it, it, even if you die, that doesn't mean you lost to right. cancer, you know. It's like,
0: I think he gave the best uh, speech, uh, you know, when he won the uh, the the SP the uh, ESP, whatever the mm-hmm. Jim Dalvano. best speech I've heard since Jim Valvano. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, when I, I, I saw the Jimmy V's speech. And I tell you what, that was, whoa, that was a great, great Were experience. you there for that? I know, I, was, I watched it on TV. Yeah, <laughs> I know, you were, you've been at a lot of things, yeah, man. I, mean, so I watched it, uh, and I watched it uh, when they broadcast it. They don't, I don't think they broadcast it live, actually. They broadcast it like a couple of days later. But I, I watched it, and I was running, totally moved with that. Mm-hmm. And then you know, He passed away a couple months later, much like what happened with uh, Stuart Scott. But I, I watched the uh, Stuart Scott speech, when they were doing the whole tributes this week, the day died, and I was like, yeah, that's a that's a really moving, you know, acceptance speech, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was, and you know, it was it was, it was really yeah, uh, touching."
9: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I'm not a sappy guy, but you know, sometimes I sometimes I got a heart. <laughs> Comes across
7: occasionally, every now and then. <laughs> every now and then, Peaks its its lonely head out. <laughs>
0: yeah. Looks around and goes, all right, back back to where you belong.
1: <laughs> yeah. But
9: it was good. Ah uh, man. Do you
0: need me to look at, eh? you no, to no, see? I'm <laughs> I've I am
9: i have i have got I've got the interwebs right now. I'm plugged in to the self-proclaimed worldwide
8: leader. But,
9: uh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> it really, it really is. You guys, any other NFL? Thing of jiggers you want to talk about before we go to?
0: Yeah, no, I'm just looking forward to this week. We got Saturday. Th- Saturday is uh, uh, Baltimore, New England, and Carolina, and Seattle, and then Sunday is Dallas, Green Bay, and Indiap- Indianapolis and Denver. I think India has a shot to beat Denver. That might be an upset.
9: Yeah, I think I that think, I it's think a possibility. It's I think Denver, in their current state, even at home, is vulnerable. Right.
0: I think Seattle's vulnerable too, and I and I I, I love well, I love Seattle. I think, they, I think they have not played
9: like they played last year. Uh, the, last, the last few weeks they've played, they've played much closer sub, to sub what they've played team. last year. Yeah, that's true. But I think that they get to play a subpar team this week anyway. <laughs> I think that uh, Carolina, even in their you know current hot streak, which I think they've won What's
2: the s- five or six it in
9: a row. Right. Cam Newton, yeah, he yeah. has. I they were talking about that during the game on Saturday. The lady said something about it. Oh, didn't didn't he get in a car accident? I was like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, hey, I don't watch TMZ. <laughs> 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 Is
0: that where you get your news from?
9: The bowl games were fun. You know, there there were some good ones, some bad ones. Um, there
0: were some. I the, the crack me about the bowl games are the names of these games.
9: And the, the funny thing is, they've gotten a little bit better this year. The <laughs> last the last few years, it was trending really bad. Like, uh, oh. Bull games that have been around for a long time, that it just happened to have a corporate sponsor. All I don't like that. And then, uh, and then it's like, oh, now it's just the corporate sponsor bull. I'm, I'm, wait,
0: I'm waiting for the uh, the uh, you know the uh, fucking Bud Light Rose Bowl. You know? The Rose Bowl
9: has been. They've been good about not quite kowtowing to the yeah. extent that the others have. You know, it always would still be the Rose Bowl presented bowl presented is, by uh, what's-a-whos-its, you know. Yeah.
0: But the Cotton Bowl and the Sugar Bowl have gone, gone corporate, haven't they? Gone oh, out. yeah, long ago. Yeah. yeah like, you know, the such-and-such such Sugar Bowl. The
9: such and such. Well, yeah. yeah. It was the AT&T and the Hall state and yeah. all this and that. Yeah. Um, the ones that really bugged me were like the peach bowl for years and years and years was the peach bowl. It'd been a, like, that's one of the that's oldest one ones. Why, it's been yeah. around since like the forties or something, you know, it's a long ass time. And I don't care all that much. I, I like the tradition of college football, but I, I also like that, you know, there are some things that are a little bit sacred yeah. and the peach bowl, when it, it went to the Peach Bowl, the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl, and then all of a sudden, one year it was just the Chick Fil A Bowl, and it's like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I was
0: watching the Belk Bahamas Bowl or something. Crazy. No, it was
9: the Popeyes Bahamas Popeyes Bowl.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
9: yeah, which was a great game, by the way.
0: That was a great game? <laughs> I mean, the first
9: half was dog shit. It was forty-two to seven, I think, at halftime. I fucking can't <laughs> and they came back. They re- they scored a touchdown to potentially tie the game in most ridiculous fashion. This was Central Michigan and Western West Kentucky, West, I believe, yes, yes, exactly. in a battle of directional uh, directional compass point schools. Um, Central Michigan scores this, I don't know, five, six lateral, hook and ladder, Hail Mary, yes. last yeah. ditch thing. And the guy barely gets the pylon with the football. After an improbable comeback, to say the least, he barely gets the ball to smack the pylon as he's getting pummeled out of bounds. And then they try to go for two. They say, screw it. We've just scored, like, 30 points in 10 minutes. Let's just try it for two more.
3: (laughs) And the two-point
9: conversion fails. And, you know, it's in a soccer stadium in the Bahamas, you know. Like, there's a track around the field. (laughs) Wow. And there may I don't know, what do you think, 3,000 people in the stands? Yeah. Like, and it's all parents and relatives and, like, the nine people in the Bahamas that can afford the $50 to go to a game. And not
0: a uva, Ula Vula. What do Like call it? Like, yeah, soccer uh, games. A Vuvuzela? Vuvuzela, Vuvuzela in the house. Yeah. Uh,
9: that was a wild game, and that was one of the first ones. That was one of the first bowl games. Got it going. It was a fun start to the season. Uh... There were a couple teams that came back and actually completed the comeback. Um, let's see. Michigan State was down, like, 41 to 20 or something.
0: Who did
9: they play? Baylor. That was yeah! the, the Cotton yeah, Bowl. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And they came back in the fourth quarter and just,
0: what? Jackson out Whoa, nelly Yeah, there was a
9: big <laughs> whoa, nelly man. Big time whoa, nelly. And they got the two-point conversion. Uh, to win the game, and that was a wild one. Uh, Houston, with a ridiculous comeback, to beat Pittsburgh in nice the. Well. This was like the day after the first. The, this was one of the pissant games that they've, for some reason, pushed later in the season. But um, yeah, that was a that was a crazy finish to that one. Houston, thirty-five. Pittsburgh, thirty-four. Um, here's one that. It was not a very good game for a long stretches of it but got exciting near the end was the Alamo Bowl UCLA and Kansas State
0: Oh yeah
9: UCLA kind of jumped out early and held like a two touchdown lead for most of the game Kansas State made it interesting at the end scored a touchdown late and then had it they, they were within 7 and went had an opportunity for an onside kick and we have to. I, I don't know if you watched that one or not, but
0: uh, I was we have to it look phone. at
9: the clip of the, of the kicker on this when we get a chance, too. Because yeah. the kicker for Kansas State, you know, you've seen when they try to do a little bit of trickery on the onside, they might put two kickers there. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah.
9: And so it's like, oh, which way is it going to go? They put one kicker there, and he looks like he's definitely kicking it to his left. And he runs and goes right up, and his plant foot hits, and his leg... Whizzes kind of past the ball oh, I did see and that. then around his other leg and kicks it back to the right side. It's it's the craziest shit. I mean, I don't even understand physically or anatomically how this guy did it. I mean, it's just wild what he did. And UCLA ended up recovering it anyway, so it was you know, it was not a successful attempt in the end, but we watched. I watched it in slow motion like four times. It was just wait, wait. He did what? <laughs> It was really (laughs) impressive. Like, I don't understand how his body did it, but it was cool nonetheless. And, you know, I don't watch soccer, so I'm sure that, you know, all these soccer guys do this crap all the time.
0: I did that, dark. Gosh, dark. You know, the... Oh, oh, oh. Come on. Here it is. Show us the slow motion.
9: It was a five-point game at this point. UCLA is up forty to thirty-five yeah. on K-State with a minute twenty left in the game.
0: Here it is. Oh, <laughs>
6: oh yeah! Nice, <laughs> a total soccer. <laughs> thing. That yeah, that is
0: yeah. nice. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Yeah, that is and impressive. And to kick
9: it with enough velocity that way yeah. to actually have it get there and was—I mean,
0: it was—it was—it it did everything it needed to do. Yeah.
9: And on an onside kick, it's like winning the Heisman. You still need a couple things to just bounce the right <laughs> way, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the
2: kick itself is not enough. You need a yeah. yeah.
9: But oh. that 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 was one that was a a fun little cherry on an interesting bowl season, you know. And we talked a little bit about the semifinal games already. The Rose Bowl, bit of a snoozer once we got to the third quarter, you know. Yeah. Uh, Florida State, they had twenty nine straight games where they dodged oncoming traffic and. This time they were they were the frog that did not make it all the way across. Uh, they really just – they had 29 wins worth of bad things happen to them in that third quarter pretty much. Like they – the universe has funny ways of dealing things. And, you know, you had a true freshman running back in there who had had a decent – had a good season. But uh, the big bright lights came on, and I think he got the yips a little bit. You know, the first fumble was like – Alright, you know, let's go back and see what happens. The second fumble, you could tell he was mentally done at that point and they pretty much took him out from there on. And Winston I, I felt like he did I felt like he did some things that, you know I think he showed more leadership in that game than he has in a lot of the wins that he's been a part I, I, of.
0: I think what happened in that game with them is <clears throat> they like we always say one call doesn't change your I think they were struggling, and uh, and then they started to get some momentum. And then when that non-call on O'Leary in the end zone wasn't made, they didn't call the pass interference when O'Leary got tackled in the end zone, it looks like they just lost all their – Well, and I, I think,
9: I mean? I think kind of it was just, a team that – a young team that had faced some adversity but not really had a chance to develop. That mental toughness that comes from getting punched in the mouth over and over by another another heavyweight.
0: Well, like, they, like like we've always said, you know, these guys went two years without loss.
9: Yeah, you know, and, and, when, lose and and when and they and I I and and you know you could see as that game ended, like there are a lot of guys out there who didn't know what to do after a yeah. loss. I mean, half the team walked off the field and into the locker room. They didn't even go say, "Hey, good job yeah. to the other if, team." If they, if they had it's, had, like the, some loss, of these guys is, hadn't, most of these guys hadn't lost since right. high school. Yeah. I mean.
0: If they have taking a loss during the season, or like you said, got punched, you know, got a good hard punch and bounce back. And, you know, they they lead. they
9: had some tough games this no, season. Absolutely. You know, they went to overtime. You but they won them all. They were they so used yeah. to just
0: always pulling it out. They didn't know how to react to somebody who just kept just kept coming out, kept yeah. coming out, kept coming out. So you know, they, they had a good run. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's yeah. like I was watching I was watching a was watching that, that thing today, and then Lindell White was. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And he was talking about the you know, the loss to uh, Texas in the Rose Bowl, and he says nobody remembers that we went like what is it, forty one and two or something like that. <laughs> you know, they don't, but they remember that loss in the Rose Bowl. And he goes, you know, it's just the way it is. He says, you, you know, they, that's just the nature of the beast. You, know, mm-hmm. you can win all these games. I think they won. I forgot. He said they went like forty one and two, or some some outrageous number with two losses in there. And he says, you yeah, know. But no one remembers. They, what they remember is you guys played this great Rose Bowl game and you lost. So, same thing.
9: Yeah. Yep. It sure does. Uh, Florida State, their season ending. Oregon moving on to face Ohio State in the national championship game. Where's it even playing? Where does it even play? Where, it even play? Where are they playing?
2: Texas. Texas, I think. Probably Arlington, are they I doing believe. in Jerry World? Oh, let's go here. Let's go. Ahead. I believe so. Go back to the. Who
9: could even tell at this point?
2: I, I, yeah. Are they playing in World? Ta- ta- We've talked about this. I'm, I'm just a stupid it's just Ridiculous! It's just a ridiculously long. It, it's a ridiculously long gap between when the season ends and when the Rose Bowl happens, and uh, and uh, whatever <laughs> the other bowl name was. Uh, that's a ridiculously long stretch of three weeks or whatever. But then to wait another almost two weeks. I just, I like, I've completely lost whatever interest I had,
9: and I know yeah. other
2: people are more. Yeah,
9: you know, I think I think it would have it behooved them. The I think it would have behooved them to do the championship game about a week after. Yeah. That's Jerry World. Yeah, uh, yeah I, th- I think that it would have been in the best interest of this whole playoff <laughs> and everything to do it tomorrow. You know, to do it a week after. A week
2: after, exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah.
9: It's a Thursday, so there's no NFL. It's January, so there's no high school. No one gives a shit about the NBA right now. I mean, why Why off. is a Monday better?
2: Why? Is, yeah, exactly. Why is a Monday better? Why, I, why is a Monday better than a Thursday? I am way or more... Inc-
0: inc- they could have, well, I guess with the that play, the Saturday playoff games, I, why they play this
2: I
9: am far more inclined to leave but even work that early. that they could
0: have played Friday. Or that it's Monday. Friday or Monday.
2: Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That Monday would make more sense to me. I could get behind that. Like, yeah, because you don't want to compete with the NFL. Well, you know, Monday... That
9: that month, like last, this two days ago Monday.
2: I'm just saying.
9: I think that one is just a so tic- sure. ticket sales thing, you know, and actually get people to show up no, from the home food. teams, right. so that seven it's not days, just the Super days, Bowl, you play, know. They games. all year long. long. Yeah. Seven
0: days. No,
9: before. I I think Thursday or even Friday would be fine. I think Monday is stupid. Yeah. I think this is still better than. Waiting 50 days between your last game and the the championship game on like the eighth or whatever. you yeah. know? So I think this is still better than that. Yeah, but
2: but not by a lot. I don't I don't see any reason. No. Like I don't see any out.
9: reason for doing it on a Monday. I think that Makes if no you sense. if you do it on Thursday or Friday, I think it's great. I'm with you. On that. I think Way more sense. Way I more sense. Totally, totally behind that. Yeah, but but oh well. We're not the decision. Yeah, part. I I frequently have different thoughts than the people who make most of the decisions <laughs> in the world. For whatever reason, their opinion still seems to matter more than mine. <laughs> the larky. Uh, in terms of actually getting it done.
10: <laughs>
9: <laughs> but, yeah, dude. Another fun bowl season has mostly come and gone. I, I really do think that Oregon is the, the team that most likely will win. I think Ohio State had I mean, they're as talented as anybody. I think Ohio State has more talent top to bottom on their roster than Oregon, but I think Oregon is a team that their talent has been playing in that system longer. Right. And they have more of their top guys still available. And, you know, Oregon struggled with injuries earlier in the season, around the same time that, actually, you know, later in the season than Ohio State did. Ohio State had a A terrible game, like their third game of the season, when they lost their game against Virginia Tech. And it was painful to watch. I mean, I watched it, and the fourth quarter was just awful. Virginia Tech's defense just brutalized Ohio State's offensive line. I mean, they sacked uh, JT Barrett like five times in the fourth quarter, (coughs) five times in a quarter. I mean, yeah, it was the
0: fourth yeah, it was vicious. I mean,
9: <laughs> it was just like, oh, oh, oh. It's, yeah, like, get, you your ass, it's like watching a documentary the about league. the Catholic Church, man. <laughs> it was just terrible.
0: <laughs> and
9: they got Sandusky. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <I> got Sandusky. <laughs> it's a 30 for 30 if I've ever seen one. <laughs> and Oregon, in their loss against Arizona, it was the same thing. I mean, Oregon's offensive line, they were patchwork. They were guys hurt. And Arizona's defense just demolished them. Mar- Mariota, I don't know if he's ever gotten sacked more than twice in a game in his career, except then. I mean, and it was just
0: there was something it when was, he got sacked in the Rose Bowl. There was something about he hadn't been sacked in like some hundred, some odd passes or something like that. Yeah, he didn't get sacked much.
9: No, yeah. and, and he
0: got sacked what, three times.
9: Yeah, and now I mean, and you know, Florida State's defense was the most athletic defense that Oregon had played all season. No knock against any of the Pac-12 teams because I think that top to bottom they probably were the best conference this season. But Florida State's defense. Not
0: the, ACC? <laughs> the SEC. It is basketball the, 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 the season now.
9: Yeah, not not the SEC. The, the, you know, and, and here's all right. So. <laughs> We had to hear for the last God knows how many years six, seven, eight, nine, 23 million, whatever. All these years from, from the higher ups in sports media that the SEC was the best conference in college football. Well this year, even even the Walt Disney Company and their minions had to admit that half of the SC, SEC a full half of it was terrible. Like, we don't know who's going to win the SEC East because they all suck. suck. <laughs> it could be 6-6 six and six Florida. It could be 8-5 and five Missouri. It could, we don't know. Somebody's going to win because that's the format. But none of these teams are any good. <laughs> but the SEC West is the best division in college football. Well, of the seven teams in the SEC West, five of them lost their bowl games. All of them were favored in their bowl games, and they all lost because it's a football game, and it doesn't matter what ESPN says about you, it matters what happens when you're on the
0: field. What have they done in the last 27 years? I like what you said. Come on. Seven years? We're going to run short time. already really did that. <laughs>
3: Ah, I do love to argue with him. It is fun. I don't poke the bear.
0: <laughs>
9: well, we got one more college football game. we got a few more NFL games. And then it really gets into the dark season. It does. God. <laughs> I'm
0: going to enjoy it while I can, man. Exactly. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm with you, brother. All right. Here's another edition of T Bone. Uh, a past guest on the show, Raymond Jacobs, who has an audiobook out called Gethsemi, an epic poem about us. Uh, he's given us 25 free audible.com download codes. Now, you with those, you can get a free download of any book. Uh, of course, he would encourage you to download his book, and that would be the way we would ask you to do But what you do with that code is up to you. And if you're interested in a free Audible.com download, uh, tweet us. Tweet us at TootsRoll on Twitter. Or uh, leave us a a little message on uh, Facebook. Uh, Yeah, those are two spots. So give us a tweet. uh, Can I comment
9: on your Instagram?
0: Yeah. You can do that.
9: That's good, because I deleted my Twitter.
0: <laughs> you comment on Instagram, and uh, or, or, or leave a message on our Facebook page, or uh, give us a Twitter, and uh, we will hand out these uh, codes. And like I said, we'd encourage you to uh, use it to get the, uh, Raymond's book, Me an epic poem about us. And there's uh, we have plenty to give away. So whatever we don't give away to this week, we'll pass around next week. Any uh, great words of Winston Guy next week on Swoops for In studio, we have a live band in here who uh, is called It's Okay. Uh, You had a chance to briefly interview them at First Fridays a few weeks back, and they'll be in studio with us. Any big plans uh, next next week, guys? Nope. Nope. Just the same old, same old, really.
9: I'm going to watch the championship game on Monday, and then I might be going to Cloud 9 on Tuesday. All
0: right. We, yeah. want to, uh, we want to thank Bob Whelan and Isaac Ruiz for joining us tonight. Uh, check out uh, all of, everything, everything about Bob Whelan at bobwhelan.com, Isaac Ruiz. If you go to the Swoops World uh, page and uh, click on uh, tonight's show, uh, there's a link to Isaac's uh, website. and you can find out more about Isaac, we'll try to get him back on. He was Mondo on Chico and the Man. good friends with Freddie Prinze back in the day. And uh, we look, uh, look forward to having him back on the show to Get a chance to chat with him about all that. And as we always say, live, dream as if you'll live forever, and live as if you'll die today. Good night, all. Good night. The views Peace. and opinions
1: expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors.